It's 11 o'clock comics, episode 147. <laughs> wow. Aw, yee. Pretty forceful for somebody that's in the dumps. That Dave. is in a foul mood, yeah. Who's in a foul mood? Uh, Dap- Dapper Doom. Why? It's... It, it, it's just the mood I'm in. I'm just for some reason I'm just I'm gonna fuck nothing. Is I mean, it's not like anything's going wrong. It's, it's fucking February. That's why. Oh, dude, wow. I was gonna say we we we, we chatted on the phone. Uh, what two days? Yes. Ago? So let me tell you that he says hi and actually enjoyed your time together Monday night. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. And and I she <laughs> don't mind the sloppy seconds. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I just, um, last night, I mean, yesterday, fucking great last night, I had a great fucking when I was like, wow. We're What's with, we're night dropping night. F-bombs, and like, we way too early. early. <laughs> Sorry, well, it's, it's the musical cover, but it's, uh, I don't think so, this week. It's, 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 um, I don't know, I got home, and I was just like, just going the, the hell out of me. Should we sing to you? We could do that. I know you could. We can sing. Chris, sing to him. I was just waiting to say, yeah, that, that, that's okay. That makes me um, think like the Chicago Bears, Bears are giving birth whenever someone sings that. What are they giving birth to? A football? Before, before they're, they're giving birth to their every quarter century championship. Is it, has it been that long? Twenty-five years, yeah. That's that's but, too bad. Before we get into this week's show, I have uh, uh, a follow-up to the topic that was touched on last week when when Vince mentioned that his wife went and got his comics. Uh-huh. Look at David taking the bull by the horns. He's got Renee, the lasso out. Whoa, we Renee, were told me, Renee said, well, you told my answer, right? I said, well, I couldn't because everybody kind of talked and then we just went into the next subject. Oh, I love how he blames us for his... No, 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 but listen, no. Seriously. Yeah. I, yeah. I was about to, but last... You can go ahead, play back last... <laughs> you know, that's why she loves us so much. Play back bad the boys. tape. With but wait, so, so I, I tell her tonight, I'm like, all right, so I'm going to let the guys know, you know, that you would pick up my book. She says, yeah, you could tell them that I'd pick up Vince and Jason's books. Mm, oh, she did. Yeah. You know why she's picking them up and then all over? I'd be sliding on up in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel bad when I talk about your wife like that. I know. It is kind of. I mean, it's true, though. I'd be you like the be guy. Of, like, I was saying it, but the picture in you doing things to Renee no. is wrong. Oh, come on. Why? I'd be like the guy in 10, you know, when the girl was shooting pool and the guy walks up behind her with the robot and whoop and then boom and he's, Dudley Moore's looking through the, the, the telescope. That'd be me. Dude, speaking of Dudley Moore, did you see they're remaking Arthur? Oh yeah. Yes. And my, my friend's son was, uh, God. was, was auditioning for one of the roles. And, but it's Arthur fucking, it was Arthur Brand or whatever. His oh, really? I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Really? No, um, uh, the, the dude from, um, the Australian yeah, guy that, uh, yeah, isn't his name yeah. Russell Brand? Russell, Russell Brand. That's Russell it, yeah, Brand, yeah. Okay. Hey, everybody. This episode of Matinee Idols has been brought to you by <laughs> Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com on the web, where you, the diehard comic book fan, can get your favorite funny books and assorted bric-a-brac at huge discounts. Listen to this. They just posted this month's discounts. You can get the revived, revamped, resuscitated Dark Horse Presents from where? Right. Dark Horse, uh, 50% off the seven ninety nine cover Concrete. price. 
$3.99. You can choose from either the Paul Chadwick concrete cover or the less appealing Frank Miller cover. Oh. Um, also up for grabs. See, I'm spreading the love this week because I figure I got to stop with the, with the, uh, being so particular about books because people are starting to call me out on it. And it's not fun. You can get Batwoman <laughs> number one. 75% off the two ninety nine cover price. Batwoman number one for 74 cents. I've got a gonna, client with that and a book I want to talk about. Later. Where are you going to get that? Only DCBS. You can get Kirkman and Jason Howard's Super Dinosaur number one. Yes. Coming out of Image slash Skybound, a special discount for DCBS customers. 50% off the two ninety nine cover price, $1.49. Unheard of, okay? Marvel is resuscitating Hercules yet again. That's a good thing. That's a good thing because the creative team on that book need to somewhere to apply their ample trades. It's Hercules. Part of the team. Yes, it's it's uh, Van Lenti and Mr. Oh, Pack, yeah. right? It, yes. Her Herc number one. DCBS chops the ridiculous cover price of three ninety nine in half to a much more manageable one dollar ninety nine cents. And over at Boom. You can get the first issue of Planet of the Apes, written by oh, Dar cool. Dar I, I'm getting it, Daryl Gregory, and drawn by Charlemagne. There must be a time travel device involved in this. Oh, the book? It's uh, written by Daryl Gregory and drawn by Charlemagne. He's quite adept. Forty-five percent off the three ninety-nine cover price. A boom book for two dollars and nineteen cents. Oh my God! But OMG, OMG. If uh, paper, tactile, physical books are not your forte, you know, figure it's a waste of trees. You can also get books from DCBS. They're digital wing. See, it changed from an arm to a wing. Last week it was an arm. This week it's a wing. MyDigitalComics.com. They have you covered. You want real? You get DCBService.com. You want digital? You go to MyDigitalComics.com where you can get Duncan the Wonder Dog. Holy shit. $9.99. What would you say? Potty mouth. I said because digital's not real. Digital is not real. It's a story electron. Exist with digital. Uh, you can get independents like Top Cow and others, and a lot of books over there. Hit the sweet spot, the tickle zone, the button, the 99 cents. That's where I want my comics, my digital comics, to be, 99 cents. So check them out. you got two options. There are three options, actually. Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, mydigitalcomics.com for the, the electron versions, and you can get like your collected editions at In Stock Trades. Dot com. It's crazy. And I'm David Price. Yes. <laughs> we, oh, we didn't do that shit. No. Well, we did the sponsor. And then let's do the intro, and then Chris could do the other sponsor. I am Vince B, and I am hopped up on huge doses of antibiotics. Oh, no. Oh? Yeah, I'll tell you in a little while. I thought you didn't take medicine. I thought you were like I, I have straight to. edge. I have to in this instance. Well, let me tell you why, and then we can spin the table around. Yeah. Serial disease. I had the misfortune, and don't spoil the punchline on me, Wood, of being bitten by a spider. I, I have a huge red <laughs> ring right next to my boob, and, and it is itchy. It's itchy as hell. And I didn't know what it was. Like well, I woke up one morning, it was itchy, so I'm scratching it, and it's weeping, and the shit's coming out of it, and my skin's Ugh. getting all red, and I'm squeezing it like a big old pimple, but it's not a pimple, okay? So... I showed my wife, she goes, yo, you were bitten by a spider. So I'm on huge antibiotic to huh. antibiotics. But on the bright side, I am expecting a phone call from the Fantastic Four. Vince. Ah. Vince. Yeah. Vince. Yes, sir. With great power. I know. 
Really I see that's why I told you don't spoil the punchline because I know you guys are sharp. You're on it. Like the next person in our roll call. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Sharp like a butter knife. I'm Christopher Neesman. Sting like a beamer. <laughs> I'm still David Price. And you're foul, but not for long. No, in a, ma- a foul mood. Not like, see, that's just all right. Never mind. That's just wrong. You're in a foul mood, not for long. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna prop you up on our backs and carry you, like Jesus did with the guy on the like stand. Every convention. <laughs> we'll carry you, David. Jason, who are you this week? I'm not Jason. I'm Tom Calicchio. No, no. <laughs> hey, you're, I know that one. You're not Tom Calico. Uh, <laughs> Tom Calicchio. I know. You are Jay, Who is Tom Calicchio? He's the, he's the, top the top chef. Top chef. In the Wait a minute. Chef. Calicchio and Sons. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, did so you think that Trey really needed to go last week? No, I did not. No, no. It's, it's no. Trey. It's, it's racial. It's racial. That's, so, oh, that's so funny. A guy named Trey on a cooking show. Tiffany will be gone soon. She's I, too good. Tiffany and, and tr- Tiffany's awesome, by the way. I'd love to see Tiffany her win, is awesome, but this the past few episodes just she was a lot better in last season than she has been in in the past few dishes she's been serving up this. this I season. gotta say, uh, oh. I gotta say, uh, I hate Mike, but uh, he, he's been cooking better this time. So I, yeah. I thought he was. I no. thought they kept him around last time because he was just per- personality, but he's been cooking well this time. I, I'm I, glad Marcel's gone. You my, my, yeah, are not Tom Calicchio. <laughs> no way, sir. <laughs> You are the piping hot steaming Jason Wood Plus, uh, in the kitchen. Woo. So we're all here now, Chris. Yay! Where, yeah, can, where, where are we going to be uh, March seventeenth to the twentieth? Well, where? I know where three of us are going to be on the seventeenth mm. anyway. I know How about the sixteenth. I, I know who's joining us on the eighteenth. That would be me. <laughs> are you for sure? I I feel real. <laughs> All right, you're not a digital. We, we confirmation. We don't know that. Oh, I, I'm, we I'm of telling course you. are talking about C dos e dos dos. That's right, C two E two two. It is the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo, and it is coming back to uh, Chicago this year, McCormick Place. It is March 18th through the 20th, and uh, we realized I think today, uh, going through some PMs, that March 17th is uh, St. Patty's Day. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be St. Patty's Day weekend, and also there's going to be final uh, uh, the March to uh, Final Four. Uh, they're going to be uh, wow. regional basketball games there at the United Center. So Chicago is going to be the place to be in wow. March. And, you know, uh, I, I hope it really comes to fruition because the hubbub on the internets in all the paranormal uh, corners uh, of the net is that March 15th is going to be the day of the pole shift. Okay. They're all up in arms. They're all nervous and worried and fretting. And is that whenever our clocks run backwards? Not, or, no, or, no, not a magnetic. Is that when I, I move my uh, my Johnson from the left side of my trousers? <laughs> no, no. That would be the tiny cocktail frank shift. Uh, they, they're, they're, they're talking uh, uh, not magnetic pole shift, but uh, geologic pole shift. That's nasty. But anyway, Cthulhu Chris, well, you know what? You know what else? No, that's like that's like uh, extinction event nasty. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. You Who know, cares? The fifteenth of care. March is the Ides of March, so beware the Ides of March. Um, and the anyway, C two E two. It's going to be at McCormick Center. 
It is the 18th through the 20th and uh, has all sorts of special guests, including Brian Michael Bendis, Matt Fraction, Adam Hughes, Ben Templesmith, Gene Hawk, Cliff Chang, Mahmoud Ashrar, Paul Cornell, Mike Norton, Scotty Young, <laughs> Scott Snyder, and tons more. They actually just announced uh, Garth Ennis today, which... Oh, nice. oh, wait, wait, let David say it. Who? Ass. Garth Ennis. Uh, it's going to be Garth Ennis, uh, which I've always wanted to meet Garth Ennis. Never have had the opportunity. I thought, so I, I thought it was great on Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they also they're bringing. Uh, they're, I think they're they're really ramping up the uh, uh, the entertainment expo portion of it this year. They just announced a bunch of folks from uh, True Blood and Battlestar Galactica. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's uh they're 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 getting the entertainment expo up and running this year uh overtime. So uh you can uh, get your tickets at c2e2.com and if you buy before March uh what is it the 14th, you can get the whole weekend for just 50 bucks, which is going to be nice. a great Yep, we're going to be cool. there. We're going to be there all three days. So it'll be uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for us. The uh, Diamond Retailer Conference is on Thursday. So all the uh, movers and shakers in the comics industry are going to be here. And uh, I think we're all looking forward to having an awesome time in my home city. And uh, and I hope that you come and, uh, and join mm. us. I, I, you can I also see a host of, of uh, our buddies there, too, like Mike Norton and Steve Bryant. Uh, yeah. 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 That, yeah, that Battle Pug thing looks really good. It really does, dude. Oh, Battle big, Pug's going to be fucking big awesome. Big ups to Mike. That, that looks really good. I, I've yeah, seen... Yeah, I've seen uh, developmental pages on that because um, Sal, because Sal is helping with the website. So I, I've, yeah. I've seen like the first couple weeks worth of uh, worth of strips. So yeah, Battle Pug is uh, is going to be all that yeah, in, a, right. in a in a bag of pugs. So go yeah. go go to C2E2 and get a Battle Pug sketch from Mike. There's a website for the Battle Pug, right? What is it? Battlepug.com. Battlepug.com. It's not a stretch. All right. You, um, and speaking of. C2E2, and a segue into this week's Way Back Wednesday, which is an old thread that Woods started. Wait, we got I a Way Back Who did the Way Back Wednesday today? Diggity Dap. What was it? I missed it. It was about your Regina pile. Oh. Shine pile. It was, you know, how much... If if you stop buying new books right now, just go, I, I forget how, how long ago it did... Um, it was... Woods started this thread in... And in 2009, I think it was. It's it's. Uh, he started it in June of wow. 2010. So basically, the, the, the gist is: if you stop buying new books, new new single issues, new trades, new hardcovers, if you stop buying new books, and you just read off of the books you have piled up, how long would it take for you to get through all that stuff? <laughs> and it dawned on me. Now, now I never really put it in perspective i just i know i have books that you know for the past month or two uh the past couple months from dcbs that i haven't gotten to yet i have a couple issues of ice zombie i there, there are a few books that i have that i haven't read in a while but i'm looking also at a pile i never once cracked open any of those side forces i picked up at last c2e2 <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, so, i mean there's things from from last year but then i picked up at, at Uno, and they're still sitting here <laughs> unread, and it's like, yeah, I I have a lot of crap that I just, I, it's it's all about time. I mean, I, I don't want to stop is. buying because I still I I love the medium and I, I want to read these books and I want to support things, but I just there's not enough time in the day to read everything I have. It's very true. 
Very true. Even though I, I sent a, a, a huge chunk of books down to my comic shop, I still would never be able to cover all the books that I own. I would never be able to read them all. No. No. It's a great you know feeling, I, though. I you know it. what I want to do? I want to get rid of even more books and make room for a recliner. Nice recliner with a lamp in, in, in this room. You and me both, brother. I got Yeah. Back in the old art, I got too much fucking book. Me too. Oh, here we go. <laughs> We're gonna expect the phone call from Haas. On I got, I got, I got, I got paper getting ready to fall all over me right now. I don't know what to do with it because I look at them and I'm just like, there's so many things I should get rid of, but I, I don't know where to start. I, but, I, but yeah, there I'm are some times end that, up on a fucking episode of Hoarders one of these days. No, but there's just some books that you just cannot turn up. You can't turn you can't turn away from some things. Like, right. There there's so much of the stuff that goes out of print anymore that I'm just Yeah, you know, yeah. Okay, am like I ever going to okay. absolutes? Am I ever going to re read Paul Jenkins in humans again? I don't know. Yeah, that's, I, really I, I, like that I use that, that criteria for judging too. Am I ever gonna read this freaking thing again? Uh, yeah. yeah, that's the thing when you start when you finally break that that hoarding mentality of you got to have all the issues bagged and boarded and sequen- that but it gets scary right because it's funny how quickly you can go from that to what am i going to do with all these fucking things like that's how i feel that yeah. too like i have these tens of thousands of bagged and boarded comics that i think i i haven't thought to read it in the 20 years since it came out like what like am i going to ever really want to read it again like i mean is yeah. It, yeah. Am I gonna you, have, you have your no i need to read though. sword of the atom again i don't know maybe because it's bill kane Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, like there are things like I could never get rid of Excalibur or obviously any oh, of the uncanny yeah. stuff or even Alpha no. Flight. But, right, right. But like so many. Because the other thing is, dude, even the titles we talk about fondly, those are like the pinnacle in terms of what we remember. But think of how many fucking like titles that we've read. We barely remember we've read and we have, right? Like, I know. I look through long boxes and I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> like, I don't even remember yeah. reading this the first time. I, it doesn't look like it's something I ever want to read again, and it's you know it's probably long since lost any sort of relevance in terms of oh, this, yeah. the story arcs or continuity, if that matters. You know, it's like even if it did, who you know you could always look up in Wikipedia if you weren't. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. uh, it's crazy. Yeah, I'm like, to the point I'm of just sure. just like you know loaning stuff out more than anything. It's like I feel like I've got a library here, and it's a resource for me to loan out to new people. Mm-hmm. That's, that's true. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, it depends on how far back you're going, though. I, I, I'll, I'll flip through a box, and it's like I, I didn't realize I had this many issues of, of Dark Stars or Gen 13. It's like I, <laughs> you go, wow. All right. But you're not going to loan that out. No. Well, Dark Stars maybe, <laughs> except for the except for the Green Lantern crossover issues. But yeah, yeah. I wouldn't lend the Gen 13 stuff out. No, you wouldn't. No, I would not. I thought Steve Dillon was was that an annual? They did that Gen thirteen. Uh, there was a like a was subtitle. A bootleg or yeah, bootleg. Yeah. Like Simonson did a couple. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. TNA always is a winner with me. I I don't know if you guys knew that or not. Mm-hmm. I'd heard that. Hey, you know what? We forgot something. Oh, we sure we did. did. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, Vince. Green apple bite. Hmm. Smirnoff Ice. Very good. Okay. Wow. Okay. With so, antibiotics, oh. huh? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> like, nice. there, like there's alcohol in here. Come on. Doesn't yes, it I'm saying. antibiotics, though? It's, I don't know. Gonna, he's, Vince is now going to be Hobo Spider-Man. 
I know, he's going to turn it <laughs> I'm glad you said hobo. The hobo. Um, spider okay, clam. That's, it's a, it's a, spider clam. That's funny. Um, Wasn't that funny? It's a very, very, it's a very, it's a very summer drink there, Vince. It is. Uh, yeah. I don't give a shit. It's liquid. Very refreshing. Liquid uh, down celebration. Is that to, to, as a toast to Mr. Tom Caters and his... Uh, his green and uh, and yellow uh, team's Tom. Super Bowl victory. I love you, Tom. But I didn't even know what color the uniforms are. I don't know. Yeah. Jason, you know how you felt after the Eagles got their asses kicked? Damn. By the same team? Yeah, by the Packers. Yeah, team. by the same team. <laughs> yeah. Where you're just like, football's over. It's like, no, it wasn't like that. Go bullshit. Go Jason's a sensible man. Football's I to quote Jason, football is stupid. No, I felt that way after we lost to the Bears. I didn't feel that way after we lost to the Packers. Well. Football has cooties. Now, Chris, uh, the drinks. Uh, uh, David. <laughs> uh, from Italy, Citra Merlot. I'm drinking gin. Straight up? Uh, kind of, sort of. I'm having a... a uh, dirty Bombay Sapphire uh, Gin Martini. Oh, okay. Dirty Sanchez. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm uh, not having a Dirty Sanchez, but I am having a, a, a Dirty Martini. Um, hey, real quick before I forget, um, uh, Matt Burden, Templar, our yep. buddy, our brother-in-arms, our main man, sent me um, something really cool. I love getting packages from the U.K., it's always weird, but awesome. He sent me Battle, um, oh, the, annual, nice. the the Battle Annual 1983 hardcover. Yeah, it is for for like war comics fans, and I think war comics are 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 awesome. They're just it's. I think I think the the comics medium is perfect for 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 handling. I don't know. There's just something. Whenever you read a war comic, it just has like this weight to it, and I think the comics is is perfect for it. Maybe it's just I don't know the history between the the military services and and, and comics, and because there's you know that was always I think especially in World War II a, a tight connection between those. But I don't know. War comics are just always something that that I always gravitate towards and really enjoy. But um, but battle. Uh, were UK printed war comics, and this is a uh, uh, an annual collection of these. That it's not just comics, but there's like all these like crazy magazine articles and real life photography, and and just unbelievable art in this stuff. Um, it's um, yeah, it's it's really something you know, like like ship diagrams and all this crazy awesome stuff but but beautiful beautiful artwork and and awesome articles so um big thanks to uh to matt to sending that uh, for me he said this is the first comic he ever got was was uh an he issue just gave you his virginity yeah in he a did. sense he he gave up he gave up his flower for me wow you know on the subject of war comics i think uh-huh. it is the most difficult genre to pull off uh, on the art side of the creative process, because so like, like is the greatest artist ever. No, Joe Kubert. I was gonna say be, uh, Russ because Heath is the fucking man. Kubert's better. Um, oh, come on. no, oh, yeah, no, yeah, okay. yeah, no, yeah, no, Kubert. No, wait, 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 just let me finish. Hey, Kubert's great, but but Russ Heath is fucking awesome. 
not as awesome as Kubert. But yeah. you, you have, in, like say, you, you're doing superheroes, you're doing science fiction, you're doing comedy. You can make most of the shit up and nobody would really you know carry either way as long as it look good looks good in in the war genre you have all these different armaments and 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 guns and uniforms that you got to get at least a semblance of authenticity to them because there are a lot of people out there and we've seen it uh, how many letter columns have you read in in war comics where they're saying you know what the the ship was not right the guns aren't placed there they're placed somewhere else and you get these these veterans writing in so there's a lot of people paying attention with war comics and then on top of that you have to get the emotional quotient down you got to be able to to detail you know uh obviously human anatomy in different locations at different time periods war is tough to pull off yeah, that's like yeah. uh, guys like like hubert and sam glansman and and mm -hmm. severin these guys are I, I you know they're they're fantastic illustrators but they're in a in an area that it's even more difficult you know, it's yeah, not like Frazetta making stuff up expertly yeah. so, but I mean, these guys had to had to do their they, homework. Yeah. yeah, to be historically accurate. That's you right. Suntress, uh, uh, if you're listening out there, I've I've never heard a Russ Heath interview, and Russ Heath is is still with us and and still doing some work um, out there occasionally. I would love to hear a Russ Heath interview. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. It's that guy. I mean, his his stuff. Whenever he was, you know, at his at, at the top of his career, mm -hmm. he's he blows me away. He was amazing. Truth. Yeah. So anyway. maybe we can get Kubert to interview him. Tell him how to do it the right way. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love them both. I'm just busting balls. You're so just, fucking prickly the last few weeks. I'm just busting balls. I'm just busting. Matt, call your wife. You never got your fucking press badge, dude. That is baffled. I feel like it's like I got a, I got a little brother who I was like. I'm trying to sell two yeah. houses, dude. Dude, I got shit going on. <laughs> it's an email. Oh. Uh, continue. Mm. Continue. Spin it. What are we talking about tonight? Right, Come so, on, showrunner. You didn't. You did not finish the drink roll call. David didn't say, and Wood didn't say. Yeah, what they did. Yes, they did. Oh, they did. Where I, was I? I? God, what is wrong with you? No, you're, he's where he's what at. Did, for, what, I did. What, I did, did uh, drink? You didn't okay. ask me. Oh no, I didn't. Oh, no, I'm sorry, nice. Jason. Okay. By the way, is anybody still listening to this episode? <laughs> <laughs> like 40 minutes in, we haven't talked and about you know, a goddamn thing. I, ironically, it'd be like, oh, it was the best one ever. <laughs> oh yeah, because God. we didn't talk about comics. Oh, that's why. Right. I'm not I'm not Russ so. Heath and stuff, and Vince Ooh. is like, he's dumb. And, and, and Trey. <laughs> he's dumb. <laughs> I, I said Russ Heath is dumb. Out of order. Uh, before I say what I'm drinking, to piggyback off of the idea of interviews, uh, I especially want to, I, I think you guys will, Especially get a kick out of this. Um, the uh, sidebar uh, buddies um, this week released Wait. an episode where they spend an hour and a half uh, chatting with uh, Jaime Hernandez. No uh, freaking way! Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. So Swain uh, and that's Dwight a coup. Cool. Uh, yeah, they 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 talked to Jaime, and I, I I got into about the first half hour. And as you guys know, I'm I'm not very well versed in Love and Rockets, so it's more out of I mean I I have respect for for them but i don't really know their work that well but uh i'm sure many of you out there are huge love and rockets fans and i know he doesn't do a ton of in-depth interviews so this is a really uh, big get for them so for those that don't i mean we've mentioned them on the show before but uh 
but it's they're a great podcast. They're they're much like the uh, they're they're like you know a Suntress interview show only they they focus primarily on uh, illustrators yeah. and um, uh, it's uh, I believe their website is sorry guys for not knowing having it memorized. I think it's sidebarnation.com, but you can go to iTunes and go to Sidebar and uh, it's it, if if you haven't listened to it yet, then you damn sure should give it a listen for how many minutes. That's awesome. awesome. I'm 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 I picked up Locus again. I and and am reading it and he's so good. I you know I I go friggin' good. I go I go through um, moments of you know I'm a Gilbert fan. I'm a Jaime fan. I I don't know. I don't know which one I, I gravitate towards most. You know, it's part of me wants to be a Gilbert fan more, but you know, Jaime's line is just so beautiful. It's boy, it's ha- too much fucking talent in one family. And then Mario is even uh, is talented as well. Their their other brother, brother yeah. Mario, brother O, brother O in the who the I brother about? Yeah, and I know people are waiting with bated breath, but I am drinking G two, which is the. Low calorie Gatorade. You yeah. drink. You drink an animal sweat. Oh. Grape flavor G two. It's awesome. Nice. Thirty calories. Yeah. Big old bottle. It's awesome. Did you see the uh, the Ben Roethlisberger uh, Gatorade <laughs> ad? You mean Ben rapes and hurts her? No, I, I don't. I, don't. Is it, I even got that one. Is it in you, Jason? Is, is it, it in him? I, I, it, now that the football season's officially over, I'd like to not have done. to speak of that man's again for another couple months. I don't know. All you got to ask is, uh, is it in you? I I asked Vince if he remembers high. Well, you you said the name does ring a bell. I asked him if you know who Terry S. Wood is. And you said... Rings a bell, but I thought you were talking about uh, the doomed fiancé of Donna Troy. (laughs) Oh, no, and, and, and husband. An issue 50. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But um, aside from you, he was a Jew, be- wasn't he? Bean, well, he was a Jew, right? Yeah. Um, it, it it was. Uh, I, Bean will know who she is, and Darren Goodhart might also. Terry Sue Wood is what she used to go by. She oh. used to draw the little comic strip. In the letters pages of Amazing Heroes. Yes. Okay. Uh, she now, her, her name has changed. Um, but back in the 90s, she self-published a comic book called Wandering Star. Yes. And I never finished it. It was a 21-issue finite series. I, um, Although back, it, it was intentionally a finite series, not a finite series in today's sense of the word. And it was a, um, it was science fiction Space type story it's set in the future. Uh, main character is, is Cassandra, and supporting cast consists of uh, of a psychic and other aliens, things like that. I read. I don't think I made it to the first half of the um, of the the series, but starting last month, the end of December, beginning of January, she is putting out an issue. Every month, so you'll be able to read the first two issues. If you go to um, it's RisaFantasyArts.com, and there's a link to uh, to the Wandering Star. It's it's so, so the first two issues in their entirety are on the uh, and it's about twenty twenty pages in issues. The first two issues are up on the website. This is probably because I have to put myself in post rules. Um, 
on, on my picks for the 11 classrooms. This, this is right now at the beginning of the year in the running, probably the, the leading contender for my pick for best webcomic of, of the year. But nice. the reason I say it's, it's, I'm putting my restrictions on is because it's not original in the sense that it's, it's basically a reprint, but it's, um, hopefully it'll get to be seen. By, by more people the uh i had the first few issues i remember at the time that there was a big promotion for it, i believe in cbg actually but i i have the first few issues they're all signed they were on some nice nice um glossy cardstock covers it was a black and white book her 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 ink work is is gorgeous it reminded me of howard shaken the way she uses the the, the dots to uh Good to, to, oh yeah yeah but um <laughs> And then some of the art, because of, of how the characters look, it might remind some people of uh, of Ed McGinnis, the way people are kind of, um, I'll, I'll say stocky. But it, it's it's gorgeous-looking work. She um, she lives in, actually, Forks, Washington. So if you're a Twilight fan, you know where that is. Uh, but the the book itself, the story is, is great. I want to just throw that out there, get people into that. Like I said, it's it's... I don't remember too much of, of what I read years ago, so I'm kind of reading this for the first time again. But uh, Cassandra is, is the first Earth person to go to uh, Galactic Academy, and um, and it, it's it's told in a flashback. It, it, the first issue kind of starts it off and, and tells you the flashback of when she was uh, seventeen, eighteen, and and going to the uh, to the academy and 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 the character she meets and um there's one character who she kind of refers to with a nickname and and it's um she refers to him as old mech and he's an alien and she's being interviewed by the reporter is is the same race as as mech so when she calls him by his nickname this guy starts getting all bent out of shape because you know she doesn't use his full official title and, and, you know, she's earned the right to call him by the nickname. And then she goes and tells about how, how they met and what she did before she went to the, uh, to the Academy. And, um, I'm not a big fan of flashback tales only because you kind of know where if Batman's talking to commissioner Gordon and, and telling you, you know, what he did against killer Croc and the Riddler, you know, he ends up coming out of it. Okay. Because he's now talking to commissioner Gordon, but mm-hmm. Back then, back back in the nineties, they really didn't have that hang up yet with that storytelling technique. But it, it's um, it you don't know where the story's going, but it's it's just it it's not, and it's completely done by her. So uh, it's nice. it's a story she wanted to tell. Yet yeah, there's no. And what's her surname now? You said she. It's not Wood it, anymore. She or? um. It's it's uh, Risa. Well, sh- short for Teresa. Um, to uh it, it's Teresa Challender, C H A L L E N D E R. But her website is RisaFantasyArts.com and wow. uh, she goes by a lot of names. Yeah, I know, right? There, there were there yeah. were some family issues back back then when she used uh, Great art though. Oh yeah, fantastic. Sounds like yeah. a chick from Catfish. <laughs> See, and and I know you mentioned that in in uh, on the forum, and and I remember seeing the commercials at the end of last year, and it was something that I wanted to see, but it wasn't a priority. But but now that you're talking about it, or you mentioned it, I, I'm more yeah, Okay. Hey guys, it's Cami from Cami's Comic Corner down here in San Diego, and I thought I'd call to 
thank each and every one of you for making my listening experience so enjoyable. Uh, like I'm, I'm a, I'm a young whippersnapper. So to hear you guys just talk about in great detail about all these masters of their crafts, you know, back in the gold and silver age, stuff like that. Talking about eerie, talking about creepy, Frazetta, all this shit. Like you know, yeah, you know, you you might know some of them by name, but to hear you guys go into detail about what they're best known for, some of their great arts and whatnot, it's just so fascinating to listen to, and I really appreciate it. And, and Vince, especially your soothing voice. I don't know what it is, but I always, if I'm having a shitty day, I just turn on some 11 o'clock and then just like, just go go numb and just forget about all my worries. And my dog even appreciates it too, because uh, I'll be listening for almost an hour, a couple of hours, while walking him, so he gets a longer walk. Keep up the good work, guys. I got a big 11 o'clock heads up, bitches. David, you, were you finished? Yeah, no, I just wanted to let you know what else is going out there and to say, you know, if, if you remember those old letters pages, then uh, she's still out yeah. there. Yeah. Big heads up to all you Charles Burns completists out there. Mm. There, there may be a few of you. Um, long-time listeners know that I've talked about the Desert Island Bookstore in Manhattan's uh, publication called Smoke Signal. In this issue of Smoke Signal, it's number seven. You can get it right from the Desert Island uh, web store. It's like $3 plus $2 shipping. It's like $5. It won't cost you much. It's like, let's see, it's 38 or 40 pages of newsprint size or tabloid size comics in a newspaper format. Charles Burns has a full page Johnny 23 story in here. Which, if you know, is the self-imposed bootleg version of Crossed Out. And the art okay. for this um, full-page strip is some of it is taken from the Crossed Out and some of it is new. So if you got to have everything Charles Burns has ever done, run right out and get this smoke signal. Um, it's got this weird alien language. You know how he, in the Johnny 23 thing that's not English, he's doing that, that dream language and you can't really decipher it. It looks like little hieroglyphs, and, and, and but the visuals are stunning. And we've seen some of this from Crossed Out anyway, so we know kind of what's going on. But there's some new images in here that are very uh, unsettling. To say the least. But anyway, in addition to Charles Burns, Jordan Crane does the cover. You get two pages by the great Bill Griffith, creator of Zippy, uh, Pinhead. Mark Bell has a page. Keith Jones, Charles Burns. Good old Michael DeForge has two pages. Sam Henderson. Uh, let's see anybody. Uh, Sammy Harkham's in here. Jim Rugg has a, a, a strip on page 28. Jim Rugg's always in here. I think he was in the last two. Um, let, what else? Uh, Tim Hensley, it's it's amazing and it's great comics. Uh, Jordan Crane won my best cover for 2009 for his Uptight series, and this cover is awesome as well. There's some full color pages, and if you ever wondered what ET looks like pissing, you can tune into the last Jesus, page there, and huh? and find out. He's he's pissing in a in a toilet. He's got it really has to go. He he gets it right there, and he's doing his business and he's pissing on the seat and the seat falls down and smashes his alien penis between the toilet seat and the actual toilet and he screams but in the background there's some wacky shit going on there's this gigantic alien life form bioorganic thing with birds and so I you have to see this it's very intricate and it is drawn um who drew this 
It says bald eagles on the on the top of it. Let's see. This was drawn by bald eagles, whoever that is. Page thirty-two. Oh well. But anyway, smoke signal number seven. Go get it. It's awesome, and it's got Charles Burns in it, and among others, and Jim Rugg. I'm reading El Borba right now. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's great. So what do you have? The do you have the uh, collected edition or? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, from Fanographics. Charles Burns oh. is so damn good. I, yeah, is. it's um. There are very few things that I will read every year because I mean we we all have so many comics that we try and tear through and just kind of keep up with. I read Black Hole every year. Amazing. Because downer, it's. But- I, I, it's just something that every time I read it, I get more out of it. It's just it's something yep. that I'm like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, it's time to read Black Hole again. It's one of the, it's one of the few comics that that I kind of make a point of trying to read every. Usually when when it's like the like the dog days of summer when it's like really hot and sticky outside and because it's just kind of one of those books you know it's mm-hmm. it's 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 uncomfortable and i kind of read it when it when the weather is uncomfortable outside <sighs> setting the yeah. stage i like yep. that see that's, that's all right so uh mr wood you're quiet uh yeah i'm not it's not intentionally so i just um I feel like I haven't read all that much this week. I I, I did. I mean, I, I feel like I was reading comics a lot, but I, I can't offhand. Like, there was nothing I was, you know, a lot of times, you know, we, we we're chomping at the bit to, to sing the praises of something. Um, and uh, I just, everything I read this week was sort of uh, good, yeah. but not, like, great. It was all, like, I caught up on Deadpool, which, is you know, makes me happy, but, you know, it wasn't. I mean, nothing. He's, it's kind of a lot of one-off issues. He went to a. Uh, there was a couple. There was like a, a couple issue arc where he went to uh, Vegas, and uh, he runs back into Weasel. Remember Weasel? Mm-hmm. Um, and Weasel now is a uh, Las Vegas protector superhero. He's got a giant battle armor suit, and Deadpool uh, makes him becomes a sidekick and gets a Deadpool-looking battle armor suit and. Pulls a fast one on him, and uh, uh, Blind Al shows up again. And it's funny, too, because I remember when, when they relaunched the Deadpool, the main series, before we started getting, like, seven Deadpool series a month, and reading an interview of, uh, of, of, of Way and what he intended to do. And he made it pretty clear at the time that uh, he had no intentions of bringing back characters like Weasel and Blind Al and T-Ray and, and all the, the, the classic Deadpool tropes because he said that while they're cool, um, you know, they got to sell books. And so they thought it better <laughs> to have Deadpool involved with some more high-level characters, villains, and heroes um, to get the book on its feet. And, I mean, I guess they did that, so now we're probably two years into the book, and it seems like they're starting to introduce some of the characters that were um, introduced in the Joe Kelly run that, that a lot of us longtime Deadpool fans are so crazy for. Um so, you know, that was cool. I mean, it had its moments, and then it kind of jumped into the, you know, Deadpool these days is residing on Utopia. So, very abruptly, it went from Vegas to Utopia, and, and a, a kind of a, a sort of a soft tie-in to the vampire stuff um, But it, it, it that was going on with X-Men, the new X-Men. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, I read that. Go ahead. You mentioned that vampire stuff. Is that... Are they really... scratchy, but... Go ahead. Hmm. Well, you were going to ask, is that uh, something I, you could probably get the question out? And, what were you going to ask? When you're done. Okay. Um, no, and, and the other thing is that I, I caught up on was um, a, a boatload of the Green Lantern stuff. Um, is, are you, I know you're, you're in 
you're not reading it. I don't think David is. Chris, are you still reading any of it? The, no. I'm, I'm getting, I'm not up to date, but I'm, okay. I'm getting the issue still. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, way I'll, behind. I'll, I'll probably shotgun them trades at, at some mm-hmm. point. So. Yeah, I mean, I think like a lot of people, I mean, I still kept buying it, but I, I didn't have the urgency to keep up with it after the Blackest Night. It kind of wore me out. You know, Blackest Night itself wore me out after loving the uh, Sinestro Core War and, and all that stuff. Um, so I needed a break, and, and it's been long enough. And um, I'm not reading Brightest Day, the DC semi-weekly, bi-weekly. It's uh, getting better. Yeah, I know. It's I know Connor's yeah. a big fan of it on our fanboy. I think it's, it was pick, pick of the week last week, but it's gotten better, and I think reads better in chunks. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of stuck with it because you know, shit. I was at like. Okay, I'm at like issue fourteen. Fuck it, I'll I'll mm-hmm. stay with it. So, one of the interesting things uh, I I did take note of though is that um, Green Lantern Corps it's being written by Tony Bedard now, which I love because mm-hmm. he's doing a great job with Rebels. Yep, and I think he's doing a really nice job. But the uh, one of the arcs uh, was drawn uh, penciled by Adrian Sayef, who we were talking about a week or two ago when Vince brought up the. Um, the Aquaman, the Emperor Aquaman uh, mini that's coming out, and when we were looking at who was doing it, the artist is, uh, the pencil is Adrian Syaf, and at the time, I don't think any of us offhand knew of his work, so I guess um, uh, having seen it now in a full arc of Green Lantern Corps, it's really solid, I mean, it's it's really solid stuff, I don't know if, it, it, the name sounds Turkish, but I don't know if it's if he is Turkish, much like our buddy Mahmoud. But, um, but yeah, I don't know, uh, the stuff's pretty cool, I, I have to say the, the, um, uh, the new book, the uh, Emerald uh, Warriors, not really doing it for me. I think I'm probably done with that just because – not that there's anything necessarily wrong with it. I, I just don't need three Green Lantern books on an ongoing basis, and um, it's just uh, – that one, it's got a lot of Red Lantern action in it, and I'm just – you know, the Red Lanterns are cool, but to me, like in small doses. Right. Um uh, so that's probably one that I'm not going to be really keeping with. But the the book definitely had a little bit of a lull. All these books, but they're starting to pick back up. Um, I mean, the the thing that they're leading to is that, um, you know, the there each of the the lights has a uh, physical manifestation. You know, obviously with uh, with uh, with it being, um, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, what's the uh, I'm, sure, I'm escaping me. What's the uh, What's the yellow one that uh, that Hal Jordan got infested with? Uh, uh, parallax. Oh, parallax. parallax. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yes, yeah, so, you know we've seen Parallax before. Uh, we've seen the Green Lantern one, the Ion Force, which is like it almost looks kind of like a cross between a whale and a catfish or something. Um, so they've been introducing each of these forces that, for some reason, tied into Black Brightest Day and the White Lantern that's in Earth. They've all come to Earth. All the, uh, the the manifestations, and over the last arc or two, they've been finding uh, hosts. So you know, and obviously, much like when when someone has the parallax entity in them, um, you know these these things are pretty much near omnipotent once they have a host. So it's pretty cool. You've been introduced to each of the hosts, and you can tell that at some point the uh, the cores are going to have to get together and, and and fight these near omnipotent. Uh, characters, so that that's cool. Like I said, though, I mean, but it's uh, it's still good stuff. Like I said, I think Green Lantern Corps is probably my favorite right now. Uh, probably no coincidence to Tony Bedard's writing, but uh, but uh, it, it, both both the main book and that book are good. Um, you know, again, it's just one of those things like good, but but not knock my socks off. Like holy crap, I can't believe I read that. You got to you got to read it yourself, type of thing. You know, so just like solid B level good superhero comics. Sure. Good so. enough, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, what I was going to ask you is, um, 
is Marvel really pushing the vampire stuff? Because on the cover of the 2011 calendar, I don't know who he is. Is it Dracula's son? Yeah. The, the, he's on there with like the thing and, you know, Captain America and all the other heroes. So, it, so that's not going away, right? The, the vampire quotient is very. I true. guess. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe David knows a little more. I, I, I mean, I've, other than what's been going on with X-Men, it's been relatively contained, I think. I, I yeah. Like I said, Deadpool the, only devoted one issue to it, and it was it was kind of tied in, but, I mean, the story was more of a humor story. It was uh, this – as I understand it, Dracula's son uh, it took over and unified. Apparently, there's all different types of vampire tribes uh, on Earth, so with lots of them are different powers, different, different spe- almost different species, and for the first time ever, he's – rounded them all up and formed like a mafia and he, he leads them all. Um, and so, uh, in the Deadpool issue, basically the one tribe that didn't agree to unify. And that's because they're the quote unquote good vampires. And they, they just, they only drink blood from blood banks, that type of thing. They hire Deadpool to protect them in the, uh, daytime while they're sleeping. And of course, Deadpool, you know, totally fucks it up and doesn't, doesn't do it right. But, uh, but no, I, I, it's been pretty self-contained. But I, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe there's more to it coming. I, I'm maybe. I mean, I have no idea. This if maybe they 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 do something with it and fear itself as part of it. I I don't honestly know. I haven't heard anything about vampires other than I know there's a Wolverine and Jubilee uh, miniseries that that just started that I haven't read yet. Uh, where <laughs> making Jubilee... making Julian cry. <laughs> Why? Julian's very against that. Jubilee turned into a vampire. Oh yeah, yeah. I was going to say she's a vampire. So yeah. I mean, that's. But yeah, so I don't know the answer to your question. I don't Julian, know. it it won't stay that way. It's okay. <laughs> it's I, I really? will say that the, uh, the, the it, it's okay. Yeah, Dracula's the whole. It's kind of weird because we just saw the classic '70s Dracula in you know in Captain Britain in MI13, mm-hmm. and it was badass. Yeah. Remember, he was know, awesome. He space, you know, he had the the dra- the vampires in space. It was awesome. Um, so it's kind of weird that. Dracula's son and now Dracula are back, and they're not at all like the Dracula we've always known in the Marvel universe. So I'm not the quite sure. One yeah, Dracula. I'm not quite sure what's going on with that because I yeah. mean Dracula's been a fairly consistent fixture in the Marvel universe, and he's always been that same, uh, you know, classic-looking um, Dracula with the you know with the the the, the long black suit and and the you know the, the widow's peak and all that so i'm just not sure what's exactly going on why they're switching it up if there's something to that or not but but it's it's almost more like a almost like a warlord type of a of a approach to it you know which is it's a little weird i mean I, i'm i have no problem with vampire stories but it's it's a little it sounds like marvel's version of the world of darkness to me because uh, the White Wolf games are very much set up like that, okay. where you have all these different vampire clans, like the you know the Giovanni, the Camarilla, yeah. like, and they all have different yeah. ways Kendrick of operating. Well, that's that's White Wolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's kind of cool. Like the the Namor, you know, Namor's got an ongoing series right now, and it started off where what? he had to he had to go with um, he had to go down into some depths of the sea and get something for. Uh, Related to all what's going on with the X Men, because you know he's one of the X Men too right now. Right. And uh, and and while I don't, I'm not gonna, ju- I'm not gonna say much about this the series of itself, but but the concept was cool, and he of course runs into a group of Atlantean, a tribe of Atlantean vampires who are pretty badass. You know, so cool. It, like if you're into that, it's cool. But um, you know, it's, yeah, it's great. I think it's a cool idea. I just don't know if the execution's been awesome. 
Right. Like again, it's it's not. I wouldn't say it's been bad. I'm not complaining about it, but it's it's just we've been like, okay, that's cool, you know. Yeah. Marvel comics have always reflected trends in pop culture, though. This is nothing new. You sure. know, whenever something hit sure. big in the real world, you always saw it. Like, I think DeFalco was the absolute worst transgressor in that aspect. Like, when, like, New Kids on the Block, you'd always have one of the heroes in his, in his comics just spouting off about the latest pop sense. You know, always DeFalco did that. I, I would get a kick out of it. You know? Man, Who do you, you know, think you are? Makes- Joey? But a few go. I've heard people complain about that, like about the rereadability. But again, like we were just talking about, I, I think, I think it, yeah, I think it, I, I think it places the comic at a time. And, yeah, I agree with you. I agree. I, I think that yeah. uh, it, it comics are effectively designed to be serialized yeah. entertainment. Yeah. And as we've as we fully know, because we bitched about it enough, uh, the, the status quo changes. Uh, all the time, and then it always goes back to nor- to, to the norm. So I, I really don't have an issue with it. Um, I can certainly see how people might not always get the references, but that's the same with any pop culture, right? I mean, sure. you're, try, try and read a, you know what? Go read a Brett Easton Ellis book now, and and tell me that you that you even know who half the people he's talking about are in the book, right? When he's, I mean, he he's he's as he's as much a, I mean, to me, he's the ultimate '80s pop culture satirist, and and. Again, um, I, you know, having grown up in that era, we we probably would still recognize a lot of the names. But I guarantee you, if a you know if a college kid who's heard how awesome Brady Ellis was picks up those books now, I he, unless he wants to spend hours on Wikipedia, he won't have any any idea who eighty percent of the name dropping is. But will that affect his enjoyment of the book? Maybe, uh, but but maybe not. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's hard for me to say because I I understood the references, so you know. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, I got something for Chris. Oh, yeah, I got I got some manga. I, I know <laughs> how you always love to, to hear about the manga. Five minutes of manga. <laughs> this is a book called Lives. First, first uh, volume of a uh, probably a long series called Lives by Masayuki Taguchi. Does that name ring a bell? Say again. Ma- Masayuki Taguchi. It, it, I want to say yes. Yeah, because he's half of the creative team uh, on the infamous Battle Royal. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. brutal, disturbing, very bloody and visceral Battle Royal. Um, and this is very much in the same vein. Actually, thematically, it's not too far removed from Battle Royal. Uh, in 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 the the previous series, you had a bunch of children. Um, not, you know, pre-teens and teens being given, um, weapons of all, uh, kinds of, uh, stripe. And basically they had to kill or be killed. That's battle royal in a nutshell. You had children blowing each other's heads off and, and very disturbing, very graphic depictions of dismemberment as, uh, perpetuated, 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 as, as, as done, as done by children. So it's very disturbing. In this book, Lives, Japan is uh, a band of Japanese provinces is bombarded by something from space. Meteorites, bolides, meteors, space something. They're rocky, they're round, and they're from space. That's all you need to know. And the cities that they destroy, the people caught in the, the explosions of these space things, 
uh, aren't really killed, at least we don't know for sure yet, because it's the first volume, obviously. They are taken somewhere else. We see their bodies very graphically melting and the skin being flayed from their bones in the explosions. And, and so their, their corporeal forms as they knew them on earth are gone and they are brought somewhere else physically intact, uh, uh, to the eye, no worse for wear than the moment before the, the space stuff hit. And they are with the people that they were with when the, the, uh, calamity occurred, but they're in a jungle and the jungle is filled with ravenous half human half animal creatures that apparently want nothing more than to consume other creatures it's really strange it's a very it's it's a different type of series where again the the, the premise is killer be killed survive at all costs but like battle royal where the creators would invest hundreds of pages fleshing out these characters in order to make their demises much more weighty uh uh more import into their their uh comeuppances that's the same thing that happens here you get characters that we've given their their loves their hates their desires their aspirations you know their their family members who they were what they wanted out of life and then they are brutally killed and in a couple of instances the the people um ending their lives are connected to them so it even makes it more emotional so you have um this one kid named shingo shinma he's uh you know i guess you can call him a punk he's got the the wild hairdo and and he's uh wants nothing more than to kick back with a cigarette and just enjoy life he he refuses to train and fight in this martial arts school championed by the his grandfather who just so happens to be the master of the school uh and uh which puts him at odds with one of his grandfather's instructors koshi who finds him worthless and weak and they eventually uh you know get to come to blows and the uh the punk shingo shames the teacher because the, the teacher beating the shit out of him just brutally attacking this kid and he's got him on the rope so to speak and he, he's devastating him and he throws him in a pond and the pond is full of lilies or um lotuses and the lotus is his mother's favorite flower so in order not to crush the lotuses the kid does this incredible martial arts thing where he spins his body in midair and walks on the water in an effort not to crush these flowers and that just floors everybody in the school and which shames the teacher and you know takes the spotlight away from him and puts it on the kid so he's got enemies there uh you got this little kid named mabo whose mother was a prostitute and just you know totally neglects him in favor of applying her trade and you know verbally and and i'm assuming physically from what i can tell abuses him and uh at the time when the meteorite came down uh shingo's grandfather had him cut his hair and straight up and fly right and you're gonna join the school and and be a man and learn how to fight and get honor and so you know shingo hits the road and and when he encounters this kid mabo the kid is going to commit suicide throws himself off a building Shingo catches him, boom, meteor hits or whatever it is, and the two are 
transported somewhere else. And now Shingo can transform into this, wow, it's a part Wolverine, part, any of you guys familiar with Bio Booster Armor Giver? Remember the Giver? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. It's kind of like that, but a hairy version of the Giver where he's got these huge, his, his two middle fingers are gigantic claws from in proportion with his body. Maybe they're four feet, five feet long. He's got a tail. He's furry. And you, know, you could tell it's him because he has this medallion, uh, around his neck that was given to him right before the meteor hit. And the kid even has powers of his own too. He can transform into this, this little turtle crustacean-like creature that can roll itself into a ball in times of stress and come out unscathed. And, and so they are the, uh, the link in this land to all the new characters that come in. They, they encounter this Japanese pop star whose, you know, group was decimated in the meteor shower and she doesn't know where she is. And he's through him telling her about the area and, you know, what goes on. We learn. So, I mean, it's really cool. Um, you get a brother and sister duo, and this was heartbreaking, that uh, the sister is like a uh, an overachiever, but she's got confidence issues. She's, she wants to succeed at all costs, and she's very bright, but she, you know, she, she fumbles here and there, and so you know, she gets down the dumps. And the brother, uh, this hulking, soft and slow of mind, but large in heart kind of guy, named Kutaro. I mean, he's a compulsive eater. He can't seem to, to consume enough to, to fill his belly. And he's just like this big lummox that's like, it'll be okay. And he teach, <laughs> and he, and he walks his sister through the hard spots. Well, when they get to this jungle, um, the, the sister refuses to eat. There's nothing in this jungle that appeases her appetite. She doesn't like the greenery and, uh, the brother, Saves her life against this, wow, saber-tooth-looking creature with clothing on and spikes. And, and in doing so, he turns into like a bull-like creature. That's that's his deal. He turns into this gigantic bison bull thing. And, and he could subsist on grass. So he's loving it. He's having a great time. But the sister is wasting away. Her cheeks get all sunken in. She can't eat. She's weak. And he goes out. And he kills a female who uh, was once human and is now in the, the guise of a rabbit. It's really kind of sexy. She's got the rabbit ears and the fluffy tail. But he, he, he kills her in cold blood just to feed his sister. And he tells the sister that, you know, I, this, this was not a human before I killed it. So you have to eat. And once the sister, and I'm going to spoil it because this is the emotional gut punch of this, this book and it, it'll show you probably where this entire series is going, much like Battle Royal. The, 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 uh, the twist is that once the sister starts eating, her animal form kicks in and she turns into a T-Rex. A bony T-Rex, and it's really disturbing. The the human face of the sister is right on the bridge of the nose of the T-Rex, oh. and, and her and her spine is the no, her spine yeah. is the is the nose, and her ass is split, and it it makes the eyebrows of this T-Rex. Oh my and, god! No, it, it's nuts, and and she eats the brother, and has nice. no and 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 as her jaws are clomping, champing down Clump on him, up. he's crying. He doesn't know what's going on. He's like, what? 
this is my sister, this timid, shy. What what the hell's going on? And and it's I mean, there's nothing left to the imagination. She rips his ass apart and devours him. And she has no idea what she's doing. Because for the rest of the story, she's looking for her brother. That's fucking bleak. That's disturbing. Yeah. That really is, and and so you know characters intersect and the, and the the story gets bigger and the teacher who was at odds with Shingo wouldn't you know it he makes the jump as well so you get the conflict for further volumes it's the drawing style oh my god have you ever seen Battle Royal anybody mm -hmm. yeah I have just amazing draftsmanship this guy can draw sexy ass women yeah. uh disturbing monsters the, in, the most innocent looking children but david you you'll uh appreciate this the greenery the jungle you would swear there are some sections that were rendered by john total ben really yeah it's the combination of the craft tint paper where i'm sure i'm probably sure they use manga studio to do this because i could tell some of the patterns are from manga studio and the cross hatching there's just one scene where you see the arena where the pops uh, group was performing and in the front of it it's all jungle and there's undulations in the land you know how total ben used to do like that spider web type shading technique where he would do the what would be the negative area of the spider web in darks and let the yeah. light it looks like total ben draw it's nuts through cool. it but i mean it's very disturbing there's not a whole lot left to the imagination you get to see the bodies of her fellow pop stars just totally ripped apart headless naked decapitated their arms are ripped off uh the animals in here there's a a fish with a human face that's really disturbing uh and it's screaming don't eat me don't eat me it's i mean it's a pretty bleak book but if if you're in the market for something that uh is uh cut of a different cloth and very freaking well rendered oh the uh the uh hazuki she's the 15 year old girl you should see the way he draws her she so she turned into a T-Rex and what's left of her clothes are all she has left and she is just like there's no way this girl's 15 <laughs> I mean when you look at her mama mia I mean she's like wow buxom as hell it's yeah it's great yeah I, I would recommend this I don't know where it's going to go and I can't vouch for the uh, feel good um ending if there is one but uh lives by Masayuki Taguchi from Tokyo Pop it's uh shrink wrapped because it's explicit it contains uh excessive gore fan service yeah violence uh non-sexual violence full body nudity and there's a tobacco reference in here so and, and and you can see all of the different tropes from japanese science fiction in this thing um well aside from the ample attention paid to the uh the female persuasion you know, especially the topums and the bottomsums, uh, the fan service. There's that preoccupation with the grisly biological horror, that biotransformation that fascinates Japanese creators. Uh, you get the human evolution jump started by something uh, out of our control. In this case, the cosmos, uh, the devastation. We've seen it in Akira and bazillion other uh, manga. There's city-wide and planet-wide devastation. And, and when you see the meteors come down, um, Taguchi draws everything. I mean, every window in some buildings you could see shattered and the explosions and the, the, the uh, 
burning embers of the meteorites as they come down. It's really cool. He does it like white, the tip of the meteorite as it heats up in the atmosphere, and way behind it, it turns black where the smoke of the remains of the stuff that's burning up, it's really nicely done. He was a hell but, of a left fielder for the Cardinals but, as well. But, but there's one thing, though. What's the deal, Tokyo Pop? It's twelve ninety nine. When did, when, when did single manga volumes become twelve ninety nine? I always thought they were nine ninety nine. Yeah, I mean it's two hundred plus pages, and I, I, you know, it's still worth it at twelve ninety nine with the discount at DCBS. Probably cost you, you know, seven bucks, so it's worth it. But I, I thought, you know, the is the, the is manga really? sweets. Is, I it thought, really? is it is it worth <laughs> it? Yeah, yeah, boy. So about ten minutes ago, Marta walks in. She's like. And just looks at me and I put it on mute. I'm like, no, don't don't worry about it. You're not you're not bothering me. She's like, no, no, no. It's you know, I just want to come in and and see the dogs who are sleeping by me. It's like, no, no, don't don't worry about it. Vince is talking about manga. <laughs> Vince is talking about manga. And she looks at me. She's like, ah, oh, shit. You should take the opportunity to get up and go pee or something. Take a dump. Uh, no, I, I, but and also, uh, there's an emotional disconnect in this thing. It's really strange. Um, the uh, Kiyoka, the pop singer, she she witnesses her friends, their their corpses and the state that they're in and just brutally dismembered. And there's not a whole lot of sadness out of the girl. And there, that's a lot of it. I mean, aside from the brother who gets eaten, there's not a lot of sadness in this thing, which is really strange. It almost seems like there's a buffer between, like the author and emotions for some reason i don't know read it and uh people who are listening if you want Japanese to read it book with that's, an emotional that's, disconnect oh, that's, no that's, i don't that's so weird coming from an, know, an emotional disconnect and no the, the 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 emotion is there but it doesn't seem to be delivered by the characters it's more of the emotion is generated on the reader side where you know you're you're physically moved by the sister Un- unknowingly consuming her brother, but and the brother, like I said, shows tears. But they're 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 really girly. Excuse tears. me, there there doesn't re- oh, yeah you know punks getting eaten. There there there's really nothing that um, it's strange, and maybe it's just me, but yeah, uh, it, it's very it, it's compelling. It's just I want to get to the the bottom of this. I know there's more. There was more the, to battle royal than just kids blowing each other's heads off. So yeah, lives. Masayuki Taguchi. Check it out. High School of the Dead, by the way. He's awesome. He's no? Terrible. Oh, no. Um, oh you're crazy. You are insane. No, 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 no. No, you're nuts. Terrible. Nice dad. Are you talking about the, the manga or the an- anime? Both. I you're crazy. Both. You're crazy. Terrible. No, we've got to go somewhere else. <laughs> Hello, boys. Uh, it's Taylor. Taylor on the forums. Taylor on Twitter. First time caller. Very long time listener. Um, just a quick call to tell you guys to watch Misfits. It's a UK show based about superheroes. Much better than you could ever possibly expect it to be. The writing is full on. The directing is better than anything that you see in the UK. It makes Doctor Who look like it was made out of cardboard. Anyway, keep up the show. Love the love everything that you guys do. Big up. Somebody else take it. I'm not going to get an argument of, with him. Uh, Thank you. Of, of Mahmoud Asrar, I have, um, I, I have to tell you something, Vince. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I Whoa. went to the um, 
went to uh, the postal carrier dro- dropped off some uh... mailman. Yeah, a woman. <laughs> she uh, she, she representative. <laughs> yes, she she drops something off. Nook goes crazy, and and I go outside, and and there's a package leaning against the door. I open it up, and uh, it is a uh, piece of original art. Oh, good. What'd you get? It is uh, page twenty from the fourth issue of Shadowland Power Man. I knew that. So by Mahmoud Asrar and uh, inked by um, uh, I don't want to say Rick Ketchum, but it's um, I was a little surprised because well, that's the thing because <laughs> I know where it was mentioned that this page was available on uh, on eBay, but I didn't. I didn't bite. I didn't. I didn't. Um, I didn't go for it. So I was quite surprised to see it. You know, when I opened up the box in in my dining room, I don't remember I buying this. There was there was a <laughs> it it um is basically it's it's from forum member Bean. That's right. And oh, I that's send awesome. Him, I sent him a PM and I'm like, dude, I, I'm like, you ain't slick because I don't. You know, I'm I'm pretty carefree when it, when someone asks for my address and, and Vince knows that especially Vince's address I'll give that out at the drop yeah you're not but, kidding um, <laughs> especially if someone wants to send you something from oh, I don't know South Korea but if um, <laughs> you know so I'm like dude I'm like I uh, thank you but um, you know and we'll see him at Sados uh, we'll see Bean and, and Mahmoud but um He's like, oh yeah, no. I was like, I'm glad you got it. I'm, you know, it, it, my pleasure. And uh, and yeah, I got your address at events. Yep. <laughs> and I was damn glad to do it too. Of course you were, you best. Yep. So it is. Uh, it's it's downstairs. It's waiting to be framed, and and it's um it, it's 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 I I now have a piece of art that is a newer piece of art, and uh, with with no no word balloons, no lettering. Whereas I I, I tend to kind of like those, those older pages completely done up sans color and um and I know exactly what page this is. It's it's towards the end of the series where um where where Victor's mother is, is checking on her son and, and uh the representative of of Danny Rand's company is saying, you know, how, how great her son is to work for the company and, and, and is doing so well and, and you know, she's happy and then the next page Victor goes and, and starts sparring with uh, with Iron Fist, and that leads us, I guess, into the upcoming miniseries. But it's it's a it's a page where there's not a lot of action going on. It's just a very um, kind of just a lull in, in the action, I guess we'll say. But it's it's still beautifully illustrated. So so thank you, Bean, and thank you, Vince, and thank you, Mahmoud Azrar, for and drawing the you, damn thing. Yeah. Awesome, wow. and Bean, and everybody. Thank you, Jesus. Muy celoso. That's right. I can't wait to see him in Chicago in, in a few weeks. Yeah. Really looking forward to it. Yeah. Chris. Yeah. Oh, you, I got something you, that David yeah. David had um had waxed poetic about several months ago. Um finally, finally, finally sat down and uh and read the first two trades of Madame Xanadu. Oh, oh very nice. Geez. And they um uh, both volumes very different from each other, but um, but both are awesome. Uh, the first one is just epic. It's um, and God, what a value! Twelve ninety nine trade from from <laughs> ten issues, right? For, ten issues. It's twelve ninety nine. 
and it's uh, Matt Wagner with uh, just beautiful art from Amy Reader Hadley and uh, and Richard Friend. Hey, Amy Reader these days, but yeah. Well, yeah, back then it was. It, it, yeah. She had it, but yeah. Oh, is it just Amy Reader? Yeah. 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 Oh. She's newly single. Oh, man. Okay. Amy Reader. Um, <laughs> and I probably, you know, she, she had an art showing at. Uh, and challengers, and it was probably Amy Reader at the time, but the book says Amy Reader Hadley. Yes. Uh, man, it's epic. It is the, the, <laughs> that that ten issues was such an epic story. It's um, you know, Madame he could have ended it at the end of the the ten. It would have seriously, been seriously, yeah, 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 yeah. It it were it works as a graphic novel. Uh, in in the first volume. Now the thing is that that Madame Xanadu is a character that's been around since what the late seventies or so. Michael Kaluta. Well, yeah, that's good to yes. cover, but actually not who's co-creator. Right. Who's tell them? Uh, Joe Orlando and um, mm-hmm. oh, it's, it's not Canada. Who is it? Don. Joe Orlando and Don. Ah, ah. <laughs> anyway, Chris, you say. But you know, uh, Ma- Madame Sanadu was kind of in that that yes. awesome nineteen seventies um, horror comic, you know, revolution where 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 you saw you know the creepy and and eeries of the of the world, and and Madame Sanadu kind of played a little bit of of that role of kind of being the. Um, the character that you would follow into all of these kind of crazy um, magic and horror and supernatural stories, and you know she was um, she was always you know in these stories or on the periphery of them, but was never really the central character. I guess, I guess it's fair to say, right? Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. So this was, I, I think, Matt Wagner's chance to. To make to make her the central character, and finally um, tell the origin story of Madame Xanadu, and it it goes from like Arthurian legend all the way to modern day, and um, I mean it was it was awesome. Uh, you know, it starts in Camelot, and you have. The Phantom Stranger and Demon Etrigan, yeah. and then as you go through the entire story, there are um, there are kind of little nods and hints to uh, Green Lantern, which took me a little bit to get. But um, uh, who are some of the other who are some of the other characters that are that are kind of hinted at through you know throughout the uh, throughout well, the not, entire not, series. not so much a hint, but but Jim Corrigan makes an appearance. Right. Yeah, absolutely. The the, 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 the yeah, Well, and, and Spectre is kind of um, a central figure in in her history um, through DC. She she's very much tied to to Jim Corrigan and and, and, and Stranger. Yeah, I love how the Phantom Stranger is trying to hop her bones. Like you, you can yes. tell he yeah. he wants <laughs> it. He wants it bad. <laughs> Well, you know, Lame. it's um, it, it's kind of like this. There's a lot of sexual tension there, but there's it's a love hate relationship. Not like she has with uh, like Zatara. You know, Zatanna's yeah. father is is a prominent figure in this. It's um, man, it you know, I I say Jack the Ripper. Oh, the Jack the Ripper story was was awesome. I mean, she goes she goes from from um, Camelot. 
to um, what the Night Knights of Genghis Khan. Right. That's, to that's a great um, illustrated issue. Oh God, it's it's beautifully beautiful. illustrated. It's yeah. beautiful. And then um, uh, and who who did she meet when she was in uh, she was in jail during? Uh, oh yeah, she 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 uh, she wins a card game with death, <laughs> and it's and it's and it's the Neil Gaiman death. Yep. And uh, and that uh, you know the 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 first this first volume is called Disenchanted and. That's because and it happens in the in the first couple issues, and all of these are in like two issue stories, and then you know the the Arth, you know the Arthurian section of the story. She she's cursed by Merlin, and she loses her magic. Now she she still is kind of like an alchemist and you know a herbologist, and she can she can create potions that that uh, keep her her youth through the through the, the the centuries but she's lost her her magic so she is disenchanted and so a lot of this a lot of this you know kind of epic story is about her losing and then regaining her her mysticism and it, it's also about her growing up and losing her selfishness and becoming a selfless mystic that that she finally at the end of it realizes that that she needs to to be here to help people but i also think that the phantom stranger teaches her that there is a greater good and unfortunately sometimes you have to make very difficult decisions for for the greater good the you know I'm, I'm ruining it a little bit but kind of an aside in the jack the ripper the the phantom stranger basically knows who jack the ripper is and is only there to observe and refuses to step in and and change change the course of history because one of the prostitutes that he kills had had relations with Jason Blood and was carrying the demon seed of Etrigan. And if that baby comes if that if that baby comes to you know comes to term, it would end up ruling the world in you know in fire, kinda like think Hellboy gone bad. And so so Phantom so the Phantom Stranger kinda has to stand aside and say, No, Jack the Ripper is going to is going to eliminate this scourge before it destroys the world. And Madame Xanadu just, you know, she she knows this whore and and is is friendly with her and and just can't can't come to terms with that. And so, I mean, there it's it's really good. Uh, I guess it's, you know it's it, it takes a look at a lot a lot of different things and does, and, and does what does what good things to do and 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 that's make you make you question and and look at things. Yeah. Did they they ever released a third volume of that yet? Yeah, yeah. I actually should get it in my DC uh, BS box this week. Cool. David, what were you going to say there, buddy? No, I was going to say that the uh, Finnish Inquisition arc was kind of rough too. Oh. Yeah, that was that was that was hard. And that was the second trade, and that was actually that was drawn by Kaluta. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and so you're going from Amy Reader, which has this really beautiful, delicate line. Everything looks manga esque. 
Well, no. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, it is. Well, okay, then manga looks Amy Reader-esque. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's um, Just FYI, Amy Reader huh? got her start drawing manga for, um, for Viz. Uh, so, <laughs> she, uh, then she graduated to the big leagues. And actually, uh, Amy... Don't be hating, it, dude. It's actually shot... I mean, as I've joked about before, uh, the most aspiring creators out there probably hate Amy because she's the first to admit that she basically fell into uh, the, the the gig after having almost no published work. And, and uh, Oh, well. No, that's what I'm, that's <laughs> you know what I'm saying. What I mean? yeah, I'm, not, I'm saying obviously she's got the chops for it. What I'm saying is that Shit, yeah. she, she's 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 joked herself in interviews. I've heard her saying, you know, how it's pretty. It's got to be pretty infuriating for people that you know have chops though and have been you know pushing for a spot for you know years. And she literally just did a couple pages, got discovered, got the Vertigo gig, and bam. <laughs> so right place at the right time. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, yeah it happens. Hey, Don't. Yeah. Don't hey, hate the God, talent. God, she's talented. She's, she's yeah. amazingly yeah. talented. And and please go buy um, uh, Batwoman whenever it comes out. And uh, um, yeah, she's, she's still doing the covers to uh, Supergirl, right? Supergirl, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, she, yeah, she's fantastic. I agree. But, uh, yeah, the the second arc where where the first one is like this this epic um, like fantasy. Yeah, it's almost like the Highlander in that it starts in like ancient times and moves into into modern times, but it has this you know like like epic fantasy feel to it. Then the second the second trade is very much a a uh, crime noir story yeah. that takes place in 1940s yes. uh, New York, and and it 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 reads and and feels like a a supernatural noir story. So it's I mean it's it is it's it's vintage uh, Matt Wagner um, uh, Sandman mystery theater. And, yeah. And First Sandman. volume, it was a complete package for me. Yeah. Both story yeah. and art really did it. Second yeah. volume, I needed the art to get me through it because. I, I'm not a big fan of mysteries, but well, I yeah, am a big I am a big it, fan it was, was, of Kaluta. So it's a crime noir story. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but I mean, it was good. But if you're the, a fan of of you know hard boiled you know mysteries, right, right. it was. But what I'm saying fun. is the the visuals were the the hook for me on a second trade. Okay. I, I love Kaluta. He's great. Yeah, that's yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, you oh, got well, some good reading I'm, there, I'm Mr. Glad, well, yeah, well, it, it it was it was great, and uh, you know I, I I'm kind of kicking myself for for not reading it all sooner. I'd started it, and then it was one of those that, you know kind of set in the Regina pile, and uh, finally decided to pick it up. And I oh, tore right. through both volumes in in like a day and a half. Awesome. David, when did we talk about that? About well, two years well, ago. Well, welcome to 2000. <laughs> hey, I gave fucking props before I started. He did. He did. Yeah, he did give his propers. He did. Propers. <sighs> Poor Chris can't catch a break. He's the know. he's the Charlie. Chris is the Charlie Brown of the eleven o'clock comics. Uh, uh, crew. When I'm not, it's nice if someone else. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Hey, you know what I found? I love when this happens. Let me write down the timestamp because I want to stick a, a voicemail in here. Um, during during the move, I found something that I had completely f- forgotten about its existence, um, but I remember loving it when I bought it way back in 1989. 1989. Um, 
I want to extend the Mirage love another episode. <laughs> this is called Mirage Mini Comics. If there's one thing that tugs at my heart, it's mini comics. And this, get this, it was a collection in a little um, hard stock, well, thick stock envelope. You got a little tipped in flap that contained the, uh, I think, 11 mini comics inside. You get uh, Melting Pot by Kevin Eastman and Eric Talbot. Dead Biker and Gutsucker by Jim Lawson, who I talked about last week. Uh, from Stephen Murphy, Stephen Murphy, Steve Levine, and Dan Berger, Atlantic City Paradise. That's a uh, turtle story. Uh, another turtle story by uh, Michael Dooney, Dan Berger, and Berger and Dean Clarion. But you get some. Uh, let's see. V- Rick Veach has a um, a mini comic in here <laughs> called called Little Tiny Comics. It's more of Rick's. Uh, well, I think it's actually the precursor to Rick's uh, Rarebit Fiends type uh, dream journal in comic form. That's a great series. If, you, if you've never read Rick Veach's Rarebit Fiends, go scare them up. I think it lasted like 19 issues or 20 issues or something. They're all worth getting. Um, Mark Martin, funny man uh, and excellent cartoonist, Mark Martin, does a, a, a little mini comic. Yeah, 20 New Dancers, 20. And uh, Mark Bodie, son of Vaughn Bodie, has a comic. You get a Casey Jones Private Eye comic from Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. Steve Bissett has not one but two, two comics in here from Steve Bissett and Peter Laird. One is called Terrorsaurs, and one is called Commandosaurs. They're basically dinosaurs, which we know from Tyrant and Steve's preoccupation with the... uh, the lizards they're dinosaurs with guns it's really cool and they're all like maybe three no let's say four by five little comics maybe eight pages a piece and they're all tipped in to this little envelope and i completely forgot that i own this i mean back in the day oh i was all over this mirage was who else but Mariah, maybe Eclipse would publish a little portfolio of mini comics? It was eleven ninety five back in the day. What would that be now? I don't know. But uh, and and you get a, a Puma Blues story from oh, wow. uh, Michael Zuli, and uh, it's it's very depressing. But it man, is it really <laughs> really nicely rendered? You get, there's there's a double page spread of uh, a rhinoceros being fed gasoline from uh as if like from a baby bottle and there's a monkey uh riding on a baboon actually it looks like a a mandrel but whatever there's a there's a simian type creature riding on his back and he's saying get serious pal this ain't no mr ed rerun and it's all about how animals are being decimated by uh you know industry and technology and Humanity doesn't give a shit. It's called an elegy for the end of nature. Puma blues. Yeah, that's one thing about Puma blues. Not too upbeat, but um, rightly so, I guess, judging uh, in light of the subject matter. But mini comics. I love mini comics because some stories aren't made for the twenty-two page format. I mean, you may have some ideas that are a little bite size, and you know, what do you do with those? You don't publish a 22 page comic and stretch out one idea you do it justice in maybe eight or ten pages in a mini comic and uh david and i talked about new wave that fanographics book that just details uh decades of mini comics and these these are of the same of the same genre 
genres or the same format, let's say. That's what I wanted to say. Same format. Black and white, little tiny comics. And I bet if you wanted to get these, you could score this set for what? Pennies, David? I don't think it's going for too much money. I mean, it seemed to come out and then be uh, as uh, forgotten very quickly, unfortunately. Because, yeah. I mean, there's not a huge market for mini comics, you know? No. But the talent involved, yow! And these were all guys that were kicking out Mirage comics back in the day. Good old Mirage. Gotta love them. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, I found it. I was like, I thought I'd share it with you. Just to see Steve Bissett's dinosaurs and Rick Veach's dream journal things are amazing. Then you get the melting pot by Kevin Eastman and Eric Talbot. That was a cool series. That Another one that they ramped it up for like what seemed to be years, right? And then it came out and then pfft, there was no more. Like, what happened? I know some of the ideas turned up in uh, Eastman's, um, what was it, Fact 2000, that heavy metal movie sequel that was basically a love letter to his wife. Yes, well. Yeah. But, and and rightly, like rightly so, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I love mini-comics. We should do more on mini-comics. I would like it if Chris and Jason consumed more mini-comics. I would love to right? consume more middle comics. I just, I mean, uh, where do you get them these days? I mean, uh... I think uh, James Sims, uh, Isotopes. Is it Symes, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. James Symes, Isotopes, sells, sells a lot of... Well, yeah, I can go to Chicago <sighs> Comics or Quimby. James Symes. Yeah. James yeah. S. of Isotopes sells a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> Fuckers. But, I mean, I, I, that, how about that? DCBS, why don't you guys investigate some mini-comics? There you go. There's another out. You could have another. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy picking up, uh, yeah, I pick up mini-comics when we go to cons. And, Me uh, too. A lot of our listeners are gracious enough to send us their mini-comics when they do them. Yeah. Uh-huh. Obviously, the last. Uh, what's that? Said, huh? <laughs> David, David oh. laughed. Well, because yeah. you're like, I've the got last one we raved about was Rambo 3.5. Oh was yeah, well deserving. Um, That's uh, an anomaly. When does a mini comic ever get that much uh, play? Well, Rare, very rarely. Yeah, the talents of Jim Rugger are an anomaly. I mean, oh, of course, but I mean, there's a hell of a lot of t uh, equally talented people doing mini comics. Gary yeah. Fields, uh, Andy you know, Jewett's uh, mini comic. Yeah, sicko. Was, was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, very personal. That was great. Yeah, no, I, I love the concept mini comics. In fact, I have that new wave book too. I bought it the the same weekend as Dap. Actually, I bought it from Bourbon awesome. Street. Um, I just haven't. Uh, I, haven't really I love you it. even more. I didn't think it was possible, but it is. Yeah, there, there you go. go. It's so a yeah, nice tidy little book. It's like a little. Let, we we should have an a, an occasional mini comics spotlight. So, uh, Zach, oh, then I'll see what you could oh, do. Okay. All right, yeah, because I was gonna say I could go through some old Amazing Heroes and read Scott McCloud's reviews. Yeah, but no, I mean, say, say you're doing oh, your DCBS. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to be. Say you're doing your DCBS order, right? And they, they have a little mini comic section. And you're like maybe, you know, you're, you're near your budget and you're looking for a couple bucks to blow. Oh my God, look at all these mini comics for a buck a piece or less. There you go. That's just like gravy. Mm -hmm. And you're supporting a nice area of the, the, uh, the medium that doesn't get a whole lot of love. Aside from fanographics and other, you know, stalwarts of, of the genre. But yeah. Uh, Midnight Fiction is another website. If you want to get your hands on some mini comics, check out Midnight Fiction. I forget the arrow, but Google it. Midnight Fiction. They review lots of stuff. Mini comics uh, being very prominently featured. Word. Cool. What else we got? Um, David. I'm trying to think. Yeah, no, there's um. 
I bought the zero issue because I'm I've been I've been watching the cartoon. I've been watching Young Justice and oh, I, I know what you're gonna talk about. I, I do like the cartoon, but I'm waiting for it to pick up. There's there's plot lines going through it, you know, Superboy wants um you know, Superman to look at him. Like, like Superman's a little uncomfortable about Superboy. And um Oh, really so the older the older heroes do make an appearance in the show? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Cause, cause oh, Batman's cool. in it a lot. Um Aquaman will show up. The the trainers are well, Red Tornado is basically the one who stays at Mount Justice. He's kind of pretty much their caretaker. Black Canary is the trainer. Uh, oh, hot for teacher. Boy. Yeah, yeah. She was <laughs> Superboy on, her, on his ass, and and of course, Kid Flash was hitting on her. Um, and I, I'm glad we had. There was some tension going on at first because Robin figuring because Batman's pretty much the leader of the Justice League. Robin figures that you know he'd be the leader of this group, and that wasn't happening because. They, uh, there was, they had to go and Batman sent the team on a covert mission, you know, because there was them being, uh, manufactured, but it was being distributed by Cobra. So he was, he had the Kirby, as in Kirby Cobra, as in Cobra with the K who wanted to take yeah. over the world. Yeah. Nice. Um, and Bane was in it, Blockbuster was in it, Sportsmaster was in this issue, the uh, episode. Uh, so they go to this island, and Robin, I guess, Robin didn't tell the rest of the team what his plan was. He just figured that everybody's going to go along with him because, you know, everybody follows Batman's lead, so why wouldn't they follow Robin's lead? Well, the problem is. Robin knows what Batman wants. His team doesn't know what Robin wants, so everything was a mess. Finally, Robin acquiesced, and Aqualad is the team leader. And um, at least until Robin is able to man up and, and accept the responsibility. So the first issue of Young Justice, which is issue zero, came out. It was in my CBS uh, box from last month. I read it, and the art. Is fantastic. It's it's some schlub drew that, didn't they? They got somebody off the street. Call a schlub, but <laughs> illustrated by Mike Norton. You know what? Call yes. Up in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty it, fast, though. I can yeah, run. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he'll be behind the table and everything. Uh, it's written by Kevin Hobson and Greg Weissman, who are part of the uh, of the show. So there's a direct connection to the cartoon, uh, and it's with the comic starts off. And it was, I think, a five-page preview on uh, Comixology. So it, it starts off with the scene in the pilot episode where um, the heroes, the the team, Robin, Aqualad, and Kid Flash basically bust Superboy out of Cadmus. And um, the heroes are alerted to this disturbance. And at the towards the end of the episode... The heroes swoop in and not really scold the kids, but um, realize that you know they, they uncovered something pretty big and good job. And Superman looks at Superboy and then like flies away because he's all awkward and uncomfortable around this 
person because he doesn't he doesn't know anything about him. It's like why maybe he maybe he has desires he doesn't want to. Admit. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's desires or if he's just you know being a deadbeat dad like the dude in the last movie. Nice. But it's um it was uh it it the comic book starts off with that scene where where um where Batman is is basically saying that you know the, he's got to think about whether or not this group should be a team. You know, hanging out with your buddies is one thing, but you know, to be a team like a junior Justice League, that that that'll take something to consider. So, Batman says, "Give me three days, and I'll think about it." And at the end of the pilot, you find out that Batman does indeed allow them to be a group uh, with a fifth member, and that's um, Martian Manhunter's niece, Megan. Megan. Yes, Megan. So, but but this issue, this zero issue, takes place the couple of day, the three days during Batman's decision. And um, it's mostly a Wally, a Kid Flash and Superboy story because Superboy stays with uh, with Kid Flash at um, at his home or his parents' home, and uh, and they they come across the Terror Twins, and, and it's it's a nice little done in one issue, and it, and and the end of the issue is right when Batman says the five of you are going to be a team, and Robin's like, what do you mean five? And that's when. In the cartoon, you see Miss Martian show up. She doesn't show up in the Zero issue, but it's um, it's definitely something that it it fits right in to the cartoon. So if if you watch cartoon and you just see from one scene to the next, yeah, it's three days. Batman made his decision, but here it is. You know, you, you get a little bit of a story that kind of just kind of helps out if you've been if you're watching the cartoon and you dug it, then here's a little something extra for you. And and it was. It's I said it's done in one issue. Uh, the art is I mean it's it's redundant to say it, it looks great. He it's not the um, it's not really I, the Mike Norton that, that you know was drawing Green Arrow Black Canary, or it's not it's not the Mike Norton that was drawing Shazam either. Right, the, the Billy it's, it's still, There's a nice balance. It, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean you can tell if if you've been following Mike's career, you can definitely see Mick Norton on these pages but it's um, it's also very complimentary to the art that is in the cartoon it's um, it, it, it's it reminds me of the Avengers vs. Mightiest Heroes where, um, where where the art in that miniseries fits the cartoon to a T and, and here it, it works you know it is it's clean everything it looks like it's the cartoon on on the page, and and it's a, it, there's a little bit more, I think, depth to the art on this page than than there is in the cartoon. Although the cartoon, especially that that episode in Bane when they're on the with Bane when they're on the island, it was, uh, I think, that was probably my favorite so far. The next one where um, team took on a Mezo, I really wasn't feeling that. Too much. There, there were just I love that name. Points where what? Amazo. Amazo. Yeah. yeah. What are we gonna call him? Hmm. Uh, Amazo. Like, oh. Because <laughs> he's Spanish. But it's 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 just there's um I it's going to be a book that that I'll keep getting as long as Mike's drawing it. I'll uh and as long as I'm enjoying the cartoon. Actually, I could see myself still enjoying the comic book, even if I've stopped enjoying the. Um, wow, good for so, you! So, yeah, good for no, Mike. It's, it's digging. They're 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 both good. The the animated is I'm I'm actually really impressed by how I don't want to call it adult, 
but I mean it's 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 the comics come to come to cartoons and nice. it's really good and uh and yeah the uh the comic series is riding right alongside with it and and i'm I'm right there with david it's uh it, it's a lot of fun I'm enjoying it yeah nice all right since we're in the realm of the uh television and and movies versions of our oh, actually, I'm sorry. Comics. I, J- jason are, are you DVRing young justice you know what I totally forgot to add it to our DVR, okay. but I keep hearing how good it is. So I think I'm just going to throw. I mean, I mean, I guess you don't have to watch the episodes in order, right? Or is there continuity? There, there is a little there's bit of continuity. continuity. Yeah, mm. there is continuity because there are they're already foreshadowing to the next member who, if you watch the title sequence, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Be, but uh, and, and there's a big bad that hasn't been revealed, but it's it's related to Cadmus and is and, it Slade? <laughs> Oh, uh, it's it's uh, it, but every every everybody on the monitor is just like you can't see them because the light is so bright. So I mean, one might be Luther for all we know. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's but it's um every episode except for the the pilot, which they split into two episodes when the series started. Uh, every episode is, has been done in one. So you know, you okay. get a complete story, but cool. yeah, there's, there's a little thing where Superboy's still wondering, you know, when the hell's Superman gonna look my way and, and right, right. Like that. <sighs> Dude, it's like a halcyon time for uh for cartoons these days. It's I think it's yeah. awesome. There's some yeah, awesome awesome. cartoons right now. Yeah. Oh, and that's and that's what I wanted to I, I we were talking about the men of action guys and um you said how your boys really aren't feeling Generator Rex. Well like I said they they it definitely was the one out of all the cartoons that we have on the DVR that they always would like last resort. Like if it was if that was the only thing with the new episode, they'd watch it, but they never like you know really gigging on it. And uh, and I mentioned that I just thought it was kind of corny that he could only turn into those few things. So I know well, that you he yeah. could. And and uh, at the end of the last season, it, they've already started the mm-hmm. second season. A couple I think like last Friday. Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, I watched the premiere. So so now with with Van Kleiss's Nanites, he can actually I guess. Change Turn people into other evils, things, right? Yeah, but, but he'll be able to. Um, I'm, I'm guessing he'll change into other things, which I guess will help out the toy makers to a degree. But but at least that that there might be more than just you know the big the big feet or, or the, the motorcycle and things like that. Yeah, well, he turned into new things in the first episode of this year. He like yes. kind of whip thing. Yeah, he was having trouble forming back. some new thing, and then he was like, I don't. I th- it was I don't know exactly what it was, but it was like his his arms got like big circles, and he was able to sh- fire like a huge energy blast at Van Kleist, which like havoc. Out, so. Yeah, yeah, like exactly like like the like the coolest like the coolest of the Summers brothers. Yeah, Vulcan. <laughs> that was cool. Jason's talking about cartoons. He's like, yeah, he fucked them up. <laughs> but, uh, Dude, Vince, no, Vince, you would love Symbiotic Titan if you're not watching it. I don't know if you got your boy. I want to watch that, but I'm not. I'm, I'm really not feeling the animation on that for some Oh, reason. see, I think the animation's amazing. Oh, I love that. Symbiotic Titan? Yeah. What's that on? Cartoon uh, Network. I think Monday yeah. nights. On, it's it's. I think either on or right after. It's a real Japanese style of animation. That's why I think you like it. Nice. And it's I got. So it's. No no no. Yeah, you're all crackly. I uh I don't know. It's on at night initially, but it's um, it the premise is a princess is uh, sent to Earth from her planet because her planet's been taken over by her despot uncle. Um, and to to keep the the royal family alive, they send her to Earth with a protector, who's uh, of her age, uh, a guy, and um, he's you know a total badass or whatever. 
but and, and then a robot that um, that can disguise himself to look like a really goofy nerdy human you know because he's a round robot but they live uh they live in this town and and start uh, trying to assimilate by by going to high school and stuff but uh um as in many classic japanese uh mecha type of shows uh the the uh, despot is sending every episode some new beast to earth to try and defeat them and get them and capture them or kill them and uh so it's basically like beast of the week type stuff but it's awesome. It's really, I think, well written and uh, very funny. Uh, and uh, and they they the the girl, the guy, and the robot all have um, like mecha suits that they use. But then, of course, when the bad guy, the the big beasts come, they can uh, combine into the symbiotic titan, which is this uh, you know super mecha that uh, is kind of see through. And uh, the central nervous system is effectively them plugged into. Um, like some uh, you know some uh, some connectivity stuff and they can you know it's uh, it's oh, I like it a lot I think it's it's uh, it's it's I really really like it. Yeah. It sounds cool. It is. Hello, eleven o'clock comics. This is Whitehead. That is W H I T E H E A D for those who can't understand my southern dialect. I would just like to point out that the show has been absolutely incredible. So far, the this year, uh, going all the way back to probably episode 100, this show has just been absolutely incredible. Uh, I would also like to say that I am still the number one fan of the show. Uh, I, I don't get on the forums very much because I don't have time to, but I am on Facebook and I'm friends with all of you now, except for Jason Wood because you know I'm an internet crazy stalker and he don't want anything to do with me. But I am friends with uh, the rest of you guys, and I value your friendship, of course. Uh, I have been become uh, good little chat buddies with a Mr. Matt Burton. I believe you know him as Templar. And uh, I uh, posted uh, a little thing the other day, and he thought it was funny, so I thought I would share it with everybody. Uh, it is the official 11 o'clock comics drinking game rules. Uh, I think uh, since you guys drink, most of your people, most of your fans probably drink as well. So basically, I come up with this little set of rules, and you must take a drink, shot, beer, whatever, uh, when any of the following happens on the show. There are just a few. Number one, any member of the cast says the word, I fanboy. Number two, every time Jason Wood says the word, Julian Lytle. Number four, every time Chris snores because he is asleep. Number five, every time Vince B. says the word, awesome. Number six, every time King Dap goes 15 minutes without speaking. And last but not least, every time Jason Wood says aggregate. Uh, I'd like to point out that these rule, these uh, rules are not really official in any means or forms, and that I, uh, please don't drink and drive. But I just thought everybody would get a kick out of that, and I love you guys. I appreciate everything you do. I especially love the last 15 minutes of the show here lately where Vince B, of course, takes on the entire world, and that, that is the greatest thing about the show. Uh, I only have one suggestion. I would love to see Sal on the show. He's... He's uh he's great. Uh, if you could get Sal back, that would be great. And I'm glad AC is back. I love you guys, and uh, see you on Facebook. I'll accept for you would. 
You're good. All right. So the slipstream was way back about ten minutes ago. Was what did y'all think of the Captain America trailer? Looks cool. Oh, oh, from the Super Bowl? Of it? Yeah. Uh, I like how they put his head on DJ Qualls' body. That's what I was going to say. say. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they, they. It looks like they took a nod from uh, James Cameron. With the old, uh, how uh, Jake Sully was, his legs were all emaciated, but yeah, you know, obviously they weren't. And uh, they put this real scrawny body on, on uh, with the with the what's his name, Chris Chris uh, Evans, Chris, Chris Evans. Evans's head. So it looks really neat. Yeah, I but, love how she wants to touch the pecs, but then she like, she's like, how do you feel taller when you see your hand like? But it was, um, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I mean, it wasn't enough for really me to to, to judge anything. It's like, <laughs> kind of sharp for a stormtrooper. <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's like I. It doesn't look it, bad, but that's no, a good it thing. No, it doesn't. We didn't see anything. Yeah, they, 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 gonna be cool. Yeah, he's got the shield, and he's like, and, yeah, and then um, she shoots the shield, and and uh, you know to test it out. Right, so. I will tell you with that body thing because uh, we the commercial was there in the Super Bowl. Uh, Beth was watching the commercial with me, and she she was fooled by it. She was like. Wait a minute, that's the same actor? She's like, my God, how much weight did he put on? She's like, they must have had to stop filming. And Very I was like, no, cool. no, CGI. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, so she, so, you mean, yeah. Yeah, it definitely worked. I was just yeah. interested in to, you know, to see what you guys thought of it. There's, you know, I'm probably not going to go see it, at least it's not until it's on cable. But, you know, I, I would well, assume what, that you guys would be. trailer, because they, they nah, aired that too. I, I don't care. I didn't, oh, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, don't, I didn't like that trailer at all. I like the Captain America trailer about a hundred times more huh, than what I thought. I so. I, I'm more excited for the Thor movie than the Captain America movie. Yeah. Cool. Because it, it, I mean, it has the chance. Oh, to be more Thor! Thor! Thor looks awesome. Yeah, it has the chance to be much more fantastical, and uh, I love that they picked Kenneth Branagh to do it because yeah. that's definitely not a, t- a very. Uh, I'm curious to know how much of Captain America takes place during World War II. Is that going to be the bulk of the movie? Is it going to be the Looks first like half? all of it. It's just, but, I mean, that, that's all we've seen so far. So I, it's, and, and if that's all you want to show, and then, you know, you're somewhat surprised, you know, when you're watching. Or isn't, uh, isn't the name of it Captain America First Avenger? Isn't the First it? Avenger, yeah. 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 So I presume this is sort of like his origin story, and then I'm guessing at or close to the end, he, he gets frozen, and then we probably see him thawed out in the Avengers movie, right? Oh, we see him thought at the end. Of no, the Samuel Jackson will be fishing, and he'll pull at up this. Yeah, he'll he'll yeah. reel in this That's big block eyes. What yeah, the fuck? Right, I got right. a, a wet boy in a big block of eyes. Chris Evans, like what? Like what year is it? And uh, and and where am I? Yeah, <laughs> cool. Nah, it, it looks all right. I, I thought it looked pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for all those movies. I'm I'll be I'll definitely be geared up for that Green Lantern movie, and uh, I'm, uh, I'm 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 down for all those. Cool. You could be our our theater liaison. You could tell us about them. From the, from the nice. Yeah. Me, me and D. Goodhart. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and you could find D. Goodhart's Look at movie you. reviews on our uh, forum. It's uh, bullpenbulletinspodcast dot com forward slash forum. Uh, his reviews are usually in the monkey room because we don't have like a a theater or an arts. Uh, a visual arts type forum, so we put them in there. It means it's a mixed bag. You can find a lot of things in there. In addition to yeah. movie reviews, you can find some boobies, some uh, dupas, and a lot of other th- different things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually, you, you know what else you can find uh, on the forum? You can find the uh, the drawing board. Oh yeah! And right now, they're taking the uh, start. They started in January. There is a uh, eleven o'clock sketchbook challenge. Yep. 
And yeah. wait, 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 wait. Before you get into it, I love the, the title of the thread. With what is it? Special guest with guest editor with guest editor King Dap. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> because Andrew Tom, who started the thread, asked me at the end of January that uh, January was the challenge for January was the turtles. You mm -hmm. know, so we've been talking about turtles enough, but um, I was supposed to do one. Never got around to it. Huh? I was supposed to do one. I never got around to it. I'm well, sorry. You know, it's all right. The year's not over. Uh, the... Lots of things lately you're supposed to be doing you didn't do. Oh, 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 oh you're you're gonna have yeah. trouble living this one down. Full circle, baby. It's okay. So the uh, the January challenge, Andrew asked me uh, to pick something. So. Um, I, at first, I was like, you know, I'm thinking in February, big thing for me, February, Valentine's Day. So um, that, of course, makes me think of Renee, and, and the one comic that I know she's reading currently is Gotham City Sirens. So I was like, you know, so the challenge is Sirens. But then because it's Valentine's Day, then I said, you know what the hell, guys, if you don't want to do one of the Sirens, then do your favorite comic book couples. So that's what uh, the February challenge is, is uh, Gotham City Sirens or couples, or Gotham City Sirens that are couples. You know, There's so a really freaking scary one in there. <laughs> there is one scary one, yeah. yeah. But yeah. There, I mean, there are some talented muffles on, on our, yeah. our forum. But definitely check out the, the sketchbook challenge. That was actually going to be my in your travels, but I, uh, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it now. You got preempted. Um, and uh, this episode of... 11 o'clock comics because we are at the end is it right? already that time yeah it is yeah, i didn't it is. even get to talk about stuff oh my god filled up all the time with that fucking japanese bullshit has <laughs> been brought to you but yeah. <laughs> now see he's just digging his own hole that's it discount i just love that he he was trying to dismiss the amy reader equal i know fail <laughs> big fail <laughs> so, <laughs> this stupid Discount comic <laughs> book service. Uh, DCBService.com, where you can get your favorite funny books and collectibles at huge Wamba discounts, including Dark Horse Presents number one at 50% off, uh, Batwoman number one, 75% uh, off, and the, uh, boom, Planet of the Ape, written by Daryl Gregory, Gregory and drawn by Charlemagne, 45% off the 399 cover price. You'll get it for $2.19. And do not forget about mydigitalcomics.com, the digital arm wing appendage proboscis of discount comic book service. They have discount, they have comics, discounted digital comics for $9.99, Duncan the Wonder Dog. Forget about it. Just buy it. It's Get awesome it. stuff. And I'm just going to loop back in your travels because I'm very excited for this. I have an immense, gigantic so, uh, spot in my heart for Planet of the Apes, especially the Mike Plug, Doug Munch terror on the Planet of the Apes from way back when. So that, that instilled, that story alone instilled the love of Planet of the Apes in me for like ever. Do yourself a favor. Pre-order the boom, Planet of the Apes number one. Cause I am. I love it. Well, I don't love it. I hope I love it, but I'm eager to see it and get it and read it. Planet of the Apes. Read it. Yeah. Yeah. Look forward to it. Get that and Godzilla from... Uh, yep. Phil is Hester. That, is that Dynamite is doing Godzilla? Mm-mm. IDW. 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 There, okay. IDW. 
It's Phil Hester and and uh, and and Eric Powell, so you should get that. Uh, in your in your travels, uh, neat little kind of uh, anthology series from DC that I'm digging. Um, uh, Weird Worlds. You guys read this? Vince didn't. No, didn't. <laughs> I think I ordered it. I'm waiting for it. I'm digging it. It's 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 three little stories. Um, it's it's Lobo, um, Tonga or Tenga, who is a um, Kevin McGuire creation, and Garbage Man from Aaron, Aaron Lepresti. Lepresti. Yeah. Um, yeah. And is that company uh, had kicking around from the Malibu days or something. Wow. Prob- probably. I mean, it's 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 these three characters and because uh, that sounds like something that's right into Ultraverse. I'd say maybe it's Sludge's cousin. Uh, yeah. It, it's 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 very much a, a toxic Avenger kind of uh, man thing um, and uh, um, swamp thing uh, homage, I guess rip off homage. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> rip off, maybe homage. Who knows? Oh, it's done very tongue in cheek. Pastiche. How about a pastiche? A pastiche. There you go. Yes, exactly. So garbage. I hate pants. when the strippers wear the pastiches because you can't see that's, the. That's ah. the I hate the pastiches. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the garbage man stories have been a lot of fun, and Aaron Lopresti has drawn the shit out of it. Yes. Uh, the Lobo stories. I mean, it's it's Lobo being Lobo, doing Lobo like things by uh, Jurgens, right? Dan Jurgens draws it, I think. Uh, no, 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 no. Ordway, Ordway. I'm Ordway, sorry, Ordway. Jerry, Jerry Ordway. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, it's Kevin uh, Van Hook writing and and Ordway uh, drawing it, and then the uh, the garbage man is all Lopresti. Uh, Matt Ryan inks, and then the uh, the 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 Tonga or Tenga, Jenga, Jenga, Jenga. It's um, it's uh, it's Kevin McGuire, and it's a. Uh, is this an existing character, or is this? <laughs> Wish it wasn't. Oh, gee. <laughs> I I I kind of like it. She's like this, like oh. naive, like party girl. Running around the universe doesn't kind of know I how to start she is. The what? Well, I got to start in mind too. I used to like it. Uh, See, me. in all honesty, you, hey, in all you, honesty, Christopher, you, you love Kevin McGuire. So uh, I, I don't, yeah, ex- I don't, ex- yeah. I don't expect an objective answer from you. But <laughs> do, okay, doesn't okay, doesn't it look like he's phoning it in on that? Gonna have to be honest. There's, uh, there's some stuff that has some Greg Landish as. Yeah, it's like ooh, you know, he got LaRocad. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad. No, there, there's, there's a page where it's like three panels of the same person and. It looks like three completely different people, and I'm and I'm just like, okay, what Entertainment Weekly were we looking for? <laughs> but it, it wouldn't be so agree an egregious offense if the man was not known for keeping characters face, face, in face character. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm, I was a little like, ee. But then again, that, but... I always feel bad about saying things like this because we don't know what's going on behind the scenes with Kevin McGuire. Maybe he's having eye problems. Maybe you know what I mean. Maybe there's something going on that we don't know. So whenever, whenever we we criticize things like this, it, it makes me feel bad a little bit. But what I, I all I have to to see is what's on the paper and. Yeah. 
that's doesn't look like Kevin Maguire. Good yeah, stuff the in, the end product is the end product. I yeah. like the story, but it is not. It's not Maguire's best work. It's my mm-hmm. my favorite my favorite work of his. And you know, I know a lot of people talk about the JLI stuff, but my favorite work of his was the Batman Confidential story. I knew you were going to say that yeah. with the naked Catwoman and and you know, Batgirl. Th- yeah, that was such. It, that was a an artistic tour de force if you are a Kevin Maguire fan. Yep. The man's good. It was awesome. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get to talk about it tonight, so I'll try to talk about it next week. Who is Jake Ellis number one? Who is Jake Ellis? Who is Jake Ellis? We don't know yet. Oh, Look at no. you bring the image, love. I know, right? Getting a little sick of it. This week. <laughs> Might as well do it now because it's the rest of the year. No, it's a, uh, it's a first issue, five issue miniseries. Um, I am going to get the five issues. I'm not going to bother with the trade on this one. It's it's uh, it's one of those Oy. perfect uh, marriages with, with art and story. The, the the story isn't bogged down with, like overly rendered art. The art's not taking over. The story it, it it just it works very well together. I'm left with questions. I'm not annoyed by anything. It's it's a um, it's a really good start, and I'm 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 hoping that you know that that, that this isn't all happening in his mind. We'll say it, it's it's unique. It, it there's a uh, Jake Ellis is is a character that we don't see, but the main character sees and listens to and if Jake you know tells him to duck or jump in jump down this alleyway or you know check that door he listens to him and there's oh I'll, I'll you know if I get talk about it next week I'll go into more detail later cool. but I, I, I dug it I, I I recommend it yeah I'd like to too I can chime in if you want cool. to tell Excellent. Speak about it. yeah tag team nice. oh yeah uh, uh, in your travels I'm also going to recommend the first issue of a new mini uh Came out this week. Cinderella fables are forever. Oh, how about that cover? Uh, I was just gonna say, uh, uh, Chrissy Zulo. Yeah, it, it, the cover yeah. is unbelievable by Chrissy Zulo of uh, of Cinderella in a black uh, brown panties with a long red uh, red sorry red brown panties with a long red scarf and like a big Russian winter hat. It's just beautiful. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's really fantastic. That's poster but, uh, material. Yeah, totally. totally. Yeah. Uh, written by Chris Roberson, art by Sean McManus. It's it's a it's the exact same team that did Cinderella uh, to Fable Town with Love, um, which was terrific. It's uh, it's basically a, a story set in the Fables universe of Cinderella, who, for those that that have read Fables, know she's uh, she's the Fable Town's top secret agent spy. She's like the James Bond of the Fable Town crew, uh, and this is uh, another of her adventures. Uh, it's it's it was awesome. It was I, I really enjoyed the first. Uh, mini and uh, and this picks up um, with that same tone and feel. I love McManus's art. Yeah, um, he could definitely draw the female form uh, as well as Chrissy Zulo. So uh, yeah, just go ahead and pick it up. It's uh, obviously Vertigo and uh, two ninety nine too. So you can't go wrong. Nice. Yeah. I, I'm a huge fan of McManus. Jason, do you have the uh, DC run of Omega Man? The original, Ooh. the original series. Uh, no. no. Oh, you need to get that. Well, look uh, for that in Chicago. Uh, yeah, yeah especially for the McManus issues because yes. they are unbelievably gorgeous. You know who first appeared in Omega Man, Jason? Um, who? 
Lobo. Lobo. Oh yeah, I did know that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know where Omega Man first appeared? No, never mind. Yeah, you know it's where Omega Man first appeared? You said that as though it was a character I like adored. I don't. No, no. I know. Well, it's you know, I mean, if he's want to be a Wolverine knockoff. Well, that's why I don't really that. adore him. Yeah. Lobo was actually speaking of talk about uh, uh, of uh, unity. Um, uh, Lobo was was a main character in uh, in in one of the Green Lantern arcs that I just read that. He's back again. So yeah. So do you know where the Omega Men's first appearance was? As David hinted to. Uh yeah, I think. Um, Love their ship. Uh, probably uh Legion, right? Nope. No. Mm. Who then? Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Dave Gibbons art. Yep. Um, Len Wainwright. It was, but wasn't there also a preview of Omega Men? But anyway, yeah. But no, it's um, that was. That was yeah. yeah it was it was, a, it was basically not I guess a Green Lantern spinoff more or less. Cool, and I think it's better. But anyway, um, I don't usually do this, uh, but a lot of dudes on the forum seem to Ooh. dig Twin Peaks, and recently I stopped Twin at Peaks. our our Big Lots store, uh-huh. and I, I'm guessing uh, Big Lots is a chain, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Big, they're they're trying to big, sell themselves right now. Big Lots bankruptcy. had the second season of Twin Peaks. On DVD for six dollars. Six dollars. Six dollars. Yeah. So if if you're up for some Twin Peaks, see, I have laser discs, so I was always looking to upgrade. <laughs> I, I'm seriously, I, I have the whole. Awesome. I have two seasons on laser disc, and uh, so I just got boobies. Uh, so I saw it, and I was like, "Whoa!" I'm looking around for the first you season. The Max version. Could couldn't find the first season, but I did get the second for six bucks. And uh, I also found uh, something called the Upright Citizens Brigade first season. Oh uh, sure. For like. Yeah. Three dollars. Yeah. Check your big lots. They have lots of good stuff. But Twin Peaks, six dollars. Check them before they go to business. That's right. Like borders. Yeah. All right, everybody. This has been another wonderful uh, event called Eleven O'clock Comics, and we hope you'll be back <laughs> with us next week. It we was love something. you. Yeah, we yeah, love you was. so much. Something. We had fun. We did. We did. Yeah. Exciting. We did. Hopefully, the listeners do. <laughs> and uh, uh, next week, why don't we do another tag team? Uh, oh, you and Jason are going to do. Oh, oh, you oh, already yeah. got one set up. But you and Vince going to talk about? You going to talk about Battle Royale? No. You know, but we we, we should switch it up. That's um, what I'm saying. Yeah, it was it was me and me and David and you and you right. and Jason. Right. So let's me and you do one. Yep. Okay, but um, do I get a pick? Of course. <laughs> as long as it's something that I have. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. You want to you want to read people at you? Let's read people at you for next week. <laughs> No, the words were, do I get to fucking <laughs> What do you want to read there, buddy? Uh, um, I'm, I'm going to have to think. Um, well, you, you, you don't have time to think about it. We should uh, Archie Marys. What? Wow. Oh, the six-part Archie Marys. Betty or Veronica. Oh, my God. Really? Archie publishes. It's like, you can pick Sonic, you bitch. It's like, uh, nobody gets mutilated in this comic. There's no sex or nudity. What the hell am I reading? <laughs> um, do you, you know, have yeah. um, Outlaw Nation? No. Jamie Delano? No, you don't have that? Oh, I, I like Jamie Delano. Yeah. Um, How about, uh, let's see, riveting. what do we got? Yeah, I know. They're just yeah. loving this out there. <laughs> um, I don't know. You, you gotta, How about you gotta, we figure this out offline and then we surprise <laughs> them? <laughs> there we go. Yeah, okay. So we'll, <laughs> get on, yeah. I still think we should read some people, too. 
No, okay, Pikachu. I don't think Chris could say that. Right. Nah, dude, I've had enough Pokemon Pika. for one lifetime. It's not Pokemon. Pipo. Pipo Chu. Pipo Chu. Is that huh? like the X-rated version of Pokemon? No, but it's, it's pretty raw, though, but it's not. In your travels, yeah. you'll pick up a copy of Superman Triple X. I saw the, you know I saw the Wonder Woman Triple X movie? Rough. Yeah. There's two of them. There's two of them. No, and, and, and it's like, okay, she puts the costume on the last scene. What the hell? Rough, dude. Rough. I know. I agree with you. I'm usually a big Tory Black fan, but yeah, it was not the best It was moment. not good. You're right. You're right. All right, everybody. She's as great as Catwoman in Batman Triple X, though. Oh, yeah. Sleek. <laughs> everybody, Keep see you next week. We love you. Go watch some porn. Bye. That's right. Yeah. And then when you're done, go watch some porn. And then when you're done, mutilate somebody in your family. I can't wait to bring porn to 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 Chris's parents' house. (laughs) And then leave it. And leave it (laughs) sticking out of the VCR. Chris's father will be scanning the beds with the purple light. What the hell? No, Chris's father will be like, I already have this one. (laughs) So last year. That's not even funny. (laughs) Yes, it is. Say love. Bye-bye.